Warning, the following podcast contains strong language which some listeners may find offensive. Welcome back to the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. It is your AEW Double or Nothing review. It's Wednesday morning. You know what that means. That doesn't really work in this context, does it? Uh, it's your boy, Big Tasty, as always, joined by Jay. It's just a two-man show today. Hello, Jay. How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Um, I'm still recovering from this weekend when we were all together watching it. Yeah, <laughs> um, for anyone who... Who hasn't like saw any of our social medias? Uh, Troy and Aaron came down to Liverpool this weekend, and Troy made us all drink tequila. So yeah, he's a bad person. Full person. <laughs> but what wasn't bad was this pay per view. So um, we'll, um, we'll explain. We'll, uh, we'll we'll break it down for you right now. Uh, so we'll start out very briefly with the the buy in pre show match. Um, so we had Serena Deeb versus Riho for the NWA Women's World Title. And Jesus Christ, this is. Probably one of the best pre-show matches I think I've ever seen. Yeah, these two had the tournament match, didn't they? In the Josie tournaments. Yeah, so, first, first round, wasn't it? Because everyone, it was one of them mm. that was like super hard to call because it was like it was Rio's first match, like back in AW after she moved back to America. But then Dee was also like red hot, and I think at that point she just won the belt, hadn't she? She she not long won it, yeah. Yeah, so um, I think Dee won. Did Dee win? Uh, no, Rio won. We had one, oh yeah, okay. But yeah, it was a very like the first match was good. So when this got announced, I was like, "That's probably going to be a dark horse match of the night." This and it it was a very good match. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, certainly a lot of um a lot more development towards Deeb's sort of heelish character that she's sort of been teasing over the last couple of weeks. Uh, there was a, a bit early in the match where Rio went for half and a handshake, and Deeb just slapped the taste out of her mouth. Um, yeah. which was which was nice. Um super easy to get to get Heath um going up against Rio. Rio's really popular like crowd lover. Obviously important to note this is also the first pay per view or the first event that's been um held under full attendance. There was five hundred five and a half thousand fans at Daly's place. Yeah. They, and they Jesus their, um, and Jesus Christ, every single one of them was pulling their weight. Yeah, they had, they had the thing that was um maybe 80% on Dynamite as well and Go Home and Dynamite was like a pretty hot crowd as well. Yeah, but it, it, they were loud. Is the, yes, is the, and, were. Uh, We'll talk about this throughout the show, but what was really quite interesting was obviously this the for a lot of the, 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 the wrestlers featured on this card, this is the first time they performed in front of a full crowd. Or for AW, yeah, in, in fact, for any sort of crowd. And it's it's incredible because yeah. they've, they've literally existed in like a vacuum in the last like sort of eighteen months. So to see who's over and who isn't, and who the crowd like, who's heels, who's faces, like where the crowd lands, and all these all these different wrestlers in such a short space of time was was quite fascinating to see who who got the yeah. big pops. Uh, which we'll, we'll we'll go by that we'll go down that as on a on a on a sort of pop by pop basis as as the pay per view progresses. But yeah, this this match was great. Um, I mean, it's uh, we can't really describe it. It I think it's on YouTube, isn't it? Cause it was the pre show match. It, yeah, it was, so it was on if you haven't bought the pay per view and you want to check it out, I'd say even if you don't watch the pay per view, definitely give give this a go because it's it's phenomenal. And if if you were if you're on the fence and you watch this as like a, a sort of oh, I don't know about ordering, you'd be reaching for your credit card at the end of this match because it did a real good job of hyping you up for the for the for the show. 
absolutely. Um, which is what a free show match should be. Um, yeah. should be it should be something to whet your appetite, like to not just for you to watch and go, oh right, I'm done with wrestling tonight. Now it should it should be something where you go, oh well, that was good. If that's on a pre-show and they're giving that for free, I wonder what they're going to actually be charging us for. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there, there was a lot of like nasty knee work and leg work. Those like, dragon, those dragon screws again. Man, like that dragon, like Deeb does that, like rope the, dragon screw, which is yeah, absolutely horrible. <laughs> she did that double leg one, didn't she? Where she just launched Rio across the ring. Yeah. Um. That looked nasty, and then obviously when. At the end, when she wins with the the serenity lock, she just destroys Riho's knee. Yeah, so she, yeah, she's been doing that like obviously ever since she started like sort of leaning. She did it to Red Velvet, didn't she? Ever since yeah, ever since she started leaning heel, she like, and it, it makes sense. I mean, if you're about to put a knee submission on, why not just smash the knee into the mat a few times to make it hurt more? You know, that, that's that's good yeah. value for money. If you know, um. Yeah, so yeah, uh, Serena wins with the Serenity. Look, 40 minutes this match went, so we, they gave it some real good time to, to breathe. And there was there was some really good near falls as well. Like, there's a couple of times when it looked like like Rio had the, the double stomp. Looked like she was going to get the win. Uh, Serena kept going for, for detox. Uh, yeah, there was, you know, they, they worked really well together. They 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 told a really good story. And, like, it was, it, I mean, we all, were, we, in our predictions, we all picked Serena to win. But the, like, every time Rio got a near fall, we were out of our seats pretty much. It was... Uh, yeah, by the end, we were starting to believe, weren't we? Which yeah. Riho's, like, very underrated at doing. Um, I don't think she gets enough credit for, how, like, how well she's... How good she is at, like, making you believe she could actually win the match. Yeah. Yeah, so cracking cracking way to not even start the show, to, to start the, the sort of the, the hype for the show, and then we, we go on to the, to the main, to the show itself. And not not the match I thought was going to open the show. Um, but... No, I... I I thought it was going to be the battle royal, but it turned out. To, I, well, I thought it was going to be a tag match, but it turned out to be a really good choice. So we started out with Brian Cage versus Hangman Page, with all the rage, um, and Jesus Christ, the, the Hangman pop. Oh man, Hangman's so over. That, that, I, I, that, think, that, that, I think that, that, that was a really. It really hit different, didn't it? It was like, oh shit, wrestling's back. It, <laughs> you know? it, yeah, it was a really good choice for them to kind of go. Yeah, Hangman's like the most over guy we've got right now. That's not our Orange Cassidy. Let's put Hangman out first yeah. and see how, how much the crowd like lose the shit for him. You literally just say nice well because opening match, go out there and just pop every motherfucker in that stadium. Yeah, it was nice as well because obviously, like we look at like Hangman around was it the first double or nothing? No, it wasn't. It was a first all out, wasn't it? Yeah, and how like the the crowd were not like. Not against them, but it was just it was, it was just it was just it was just apathy. Like, no yeah, one, they were no, apathetic. Was, was in the main event picture. Because no one cared. Basically, it was was um, yeah. No one ever hated him because people just didn't give a fuck about him. It was like, oh, it was, hangman. Yeah, it was more that it was more that AW tried to kind of like position him as like their sort of like their guy that they're going to make champion first, and it was like, yeah, we want to kind of invest in this guy we don't want to just be told we have to like this guy because that never works it wasn't earned was it and like we hadn't because like, yeah. no one like obviously there was there's a, a large portion of, of the aw fan base are people who have followed like the books and hangman and kenny and they've watched bte for like three years or whatever but there's also a large part of the aw fan base that are just lapsed wrestling fans who have come back because they wanted something different and they don't know who hangman is 
and they had no reason. Of old days of WCW. Yeah, but they had no reason to cheer for him when he, you know, when he was getting that initial push, and it showed. And now you've you've shown us like eighteen months, two years of his struggle, his failings, his sort of rise back through the ranks, his friendship with the Dark Order. All of us now he's got a character, now he's got a personality. And look at the difference, uh, uh, you know, a, a year or so makes, and he's he's popping. He's getting like yeah. a stone. He's getting like a stone I mean, pop basically when he comes out. Yeah, yeah, he's essentially stone cold at this point. Um, yeah, when when um, he was cutting that promo on Dynamite uh, this past Friday, and he was like pouring blood, and he, you could tell he needed stitches. He's just cutting <laughs> this like impassioned promo against the uh, Brian Cage, you know, like he's going to overcome, and it was like, yeah, like. Every, the the crowd are doting on us everywhere. They're like, yeah, Hammond's Hammond gets it. Yeah, so on to the match. <clears throat> so this is a rematch of the match they had on Dynamite um, a few weeks ago, which knocked Hangman out of the rankings. He was ranked in the top five. He lost to Brian Cage following a pre-match beat down by Team Taz. He took a power bomb on the on the um, ramp. He got beat down by Ricky Starks and Hobbs. Um, and yeah, so this was this was Cage wanting to well two things really. It was Hangman wanting to like sort of avenge the loss, but it was also there's like a thread of Brian Cage wanted to prove that he could win by himself. Yeah, yeah, they they, they did a bit of teasing of that as well on Dynamite the previous Friday where they had um like uh, Cage come out and then Hook and Starks tried to blindside uh, Hangman. Nice little bit of foreshadowing. Yeah, there's there's been this of late. There's been this this sort of schism in Team Taz, where like obviously Starks is just a piece of shit and he wants to cheat all the time and he wants to win by any means necessary. And um, they, they, they seem to be the two the two on like cages like a bit more nobly. He's like, no, I kind of want to do this by myself. And I, there's been a there's been a bit of a bit of back and forth between the two. I think that they're really wise in the way they've done this, in the sense that they've not they've they're still t- sort of betraying Cage as a heel. And he's gonna na- probably naturally end up getting over. Um, but it, it it's a very kind of like common sense thing where it's like, have you seen Brian Cage? Why would he need anybody's help? Yeah, he is. And he's a bodybuilder he, who can do who can do like exhibition moves. Like he doesn't need. Yeah. He can do everything basically. In the ring, there's nothing. Same with I mean, we say this all the time about Hangman. And like, there's nothing Hangman can't do. In a wrestling ring, he can he can do high flying. He can do you know technical stuff, submission stuff, hard hitting stuff. Fight. Yeah, Cage is exactly the same, except he's like eighty pounds heavier. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, so, he had some very cool uh, Terminator gear on as well, didn't he? Cage well, yeah, uh, find cool. It kind of looked like something you nanned by you down the down the pound shop. It. <laughs> I thought it looked good until he got in the ring with it, to be honest. When he when he was in the entrance ramp, it looked <laughs> when, awesome. When it got closer and a little bit more well lit. Well bit more well lit. It was like, oh. So boy. it wasn't quite it wasn't quite as bad as Kenny's when he wore at Wrestle Kingdom a few years ago, but <laughs> Yeah. Where he just looked like ill. That's very true. Um so yeah, so yeah. we had we had Taz on commentary for this, obviously. We've got a team Taz member in the ring. <clears throat> and yeah, this match was just so I think it's it's kind of it started sort of mid-paced and then it just sort of built momentum and just kept going until until the end, which was just insanity. Yeah, it was pretty much um hangman hit hangman hit like a suicide dive early on, didn't he? And then it, it just kind of like ramped up the pace of the match. Yeah, so it, it's, it sort of started off like Cage was in control, um, obviously using his power, and then yeah, you say hangman sort of got that got that little bit of momentum. Yeah. 
And then it just it just kind of flew off the handle. Um, we had all sorts going on. <clears throat> Cage hit a spinning Liger bomb, which was insane. Wasn't even the finish. Hit an um, F5 off the top rope. An F5 off wasn't the top rope. The wasn't the finish. Uh, at one point, Cage... Hangman hit an F5. Wasn't yeah, the finish. Hangman F5 Cage, which is just unbelievable. Um, Cage goes for the buckshot. Because he's, he, he's one of the um, one of the things Taz has sort of alluded to when he's been commentating on Cage's matches is that sometimes Cage shows off a little bit too much. Mm. So like instead of sticking to his power moves, he'll either go for something like big high risk or he'll go for something a bit different, and it won't quite work. And that's what Taz is trying to like in storyline. It's what Taz is trying to like stamp out of Cage's repertoire. So at this at some point, Cage is <clears throat> pretty in control, and he goes for a buckshot lariat because he wants to show off, and he fucks it up, and Hangman gets back in the match that way. Yeah. Uh, so as the finish, um, we get Ricky Starks and Hook come to the ringside, and uh, they distract the ref. Starks slides the FTW title into Cage. Cage sort of refuses to use it, throws it back at Starks, and then while this whole exchange is going on, um, it lets Hangman get in position for a buckshot. He hits the buckshot and wins. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a really fun match, really fun opener. Um, and obviously, like the the kind of tease that hang uh, the uh, Brian Cage is going to be leaving Team Taz. It, it's it felt like almost he kind of poured a bit of cold water on that for a bit. Yeah. Uh, for the, to do this feud, I don't know whether Starks's injuries maybe played a part in it, or maybe they just thought they just felt the story was progressing a little fast. I mean, well, Ricky, well, um, Ricky Starks <clears throat> obviously has a, a broken neck, um, well, a neck injury, yeah. um, a fracture. So, <clears throat> first of all, get well soon, Ricky Starks. But you can't really have him go in a match with Brian Cage in his current condition, can you? So, No, <laughs> not at all. Um, yeah, I, I love the fact as well Ricky Starks was dressed like The Rock from 2001 again. Um, yeah, I mean, man, we, we say this every time <clears throat> Ricky Starks comes out, but Jesus Christ, whoever, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's him, but whoever picks up his wardrobe needs to be paid more money. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so it was like it, at the after the match. Uh, obviously, they're all arguing. Starks just keeps pointing at his neck. Oh, for a bad neck. I've got a bad neck. <laughs> yeah, you get the feeling like Cage wants to lamp him, and Starks like, no, you can't hit me, mate. Got and then, so he just shows Hook, and then Taz is <laughs> furious about it. Um, but yeah, really, really good opener. Um, yeah, so this was probably the match I was the least looking forward to. Not for any particular, not, not because I didn't think it would be good, just because it was like a rematch of a match we saw a few weeks ago. You know, there wasn't that much story yeah. behind it, but it it really it really, it really like blew me away, it exceeded my expectations. Um, and, and I knew it would be decent, but you know, it was it actually turned out to be really really good. Yeah, the build wasn't bad, but it wasn't like great either. It was just, we just we just had a promo from Hangman about two weeks ago saying. Yeah, okay, let's have another fight, and then they did, and then yeah, it it all it almost felt as if um, this was kind of like an afterthought to the fact that they needed to get Hangman away from the title picture for a bit. Yeah, it just it just given Hangman like another little side quest, another little detour on his like on his to the top, which has been quite nice. Uh, yeah. So next up, we had a little rundown of the card, really nice, and then a, a really cool video package um, on the Young Bucks. And it's it's about like obviously the young books are sort of sort of trying to justify being heels basically because they're they're those kinds of like smug dickheads aren't they? Yeah, saying that like um, they never turned on Mox because they were never really his friend and all this, um, showing off like all their expensive shoes, saying how like they they know that they've got all this money and and everything. Uh, and I, you know what? 
it's they've really found the niche here, haven't they, with the books as characters? Yeah, I, I think to to people who haven't kind of like followed the career, the when when like but have like kind of dipped into being the elite and like all, all the other AEW stuff like since AEW's inception, they're not very likable guys, are they? No, no, they, 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 they talk. Are... They're a couple they of they're a couple of rich white guys from, from California, you know. They're not um yeah, they're not that sympathetic, put it that way. Yeah, and it not that it was hard to cheer them because it wasn't like they're they're ex, they're a really exciting team to watch, but they've definitely got like kind of personality wise, they're a bit more people I wouldn't really want to hang around with. Yeah, <laughs> and they've they've kind of like. Turn the volume up on that and made it so. Yeah, we all think they're pieces of shit because they're rich and they feel like they're better than us. And now they're like, yeah, well, we are. And because you feel that way and because you decide to cheer for Mox, who's just like kind of the working class guy, and Eddie Kings, who's like the other working class guy, they're not happy about that. But yeah, it, it, this was this was a match I was really excited about, but I also didn't know what to expect. I didn't. I wasn't sure if it was going to be more to like Mox and Kingston style or if it was kind of a bit more slow paced or mm. if it was going to be more to like the book style and a bit more fast paced. It was a really kind of like nice counterbalance between the two. Well, one thing I was really ho- hoping for and that we definitely got was a red hot Moxie and Kingston entrance. Yeah. Uh, Eddie, Eddie Kingston, when he hot tagged in this match, got a pop like he was fucking road, one of the road warriors. Well, when he came out, like he came out with like a pair of shoes. I've never seen a pair of shoes yeah. go over so quickly. He came out with a pair of shoes, just skied one into the crowd. <laughs> yeah, I, I like, thought it was the the, the pop. The pop. I mean, it's. I, I feel so. I mean, I'm a, I'm an Eddie Kingston mark, so I'm I'm always going to love him. But he was talking recently. Obviously, he's he's getting on a bit now. He's never really been in a in a major promotion. And um, he did an interview recently where he said, like, when the pandemic hit, he honestly thought that that was going to kill his career. And he was never going to wrestle again because no one was going to book him. Um, yeah. And for him to go from that point, like a year and a half ago, to being like cheered on a paper on a main on a major company's pay per view, getting one of the loudest pops in the night, you know, you love to see it. You really do. It's 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 absolutely heartwarming. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this match as well, Jesus Christ! It was <laughs> it it was exactly how it. I I didn't, as I say, I didn't know what to expect, what to expect, but it was exactly how I kind of, if I did have to like think it was going to go one way, it went the way it went, which was great. Um, so it was just like Moxley and uh, Kingston just beating the shit out of the books for what felt like an eternity at the start of the match. Yeah. Um, just they literally they attacked them on the bell, didn't they? they just well, yeah, yes, yeah. It's, didn't Kingston just dive on one of the books? Yeah, yeah, he just literally just ran right into it. <laughs> yeah, it was it was so right at the bat. Um it was yeah, Mox and Kingston taking control. I mean this this match, apart from possibly the the, the triple threat, I think this because so uh, just for anyone who's who cares or is, is not aware, uh, this was so the first so Troy and Aaron came up to, to Liverpool this weekend and we actually all went around to Jay's house and watched this in the same room. So, yeah. you know, our, our sort of our sort of pay-per-view memories of this are coloured by the fact that we watched this the first wrestling match we watched with all our friends in the same room for yeah it it wasn't just the first wrestling show with fans back like for them it was the first time we've all been in a room together and watched wrestling which was but very cool. apart from 
maybe the triple threat match, I think this match elicited the most audible reactions out of us in terms of near falls and like big moments. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There, were, um, there was at least three moments here where we thought the belt was Richard. Like it was, there were, it was so like, and there was we, it, within the group, there was just enough doubt that they might do it. You know what I mean? Um, so on our predictions, yeah, well, I think two or three of us had on uh, our predictions. Um, out of seven of us, I think three. This was one of the ones that kind of split the split the pack. So, uh, two two people had uh, Moxie and Kingston, Sarah and Troy. Yeah, so there was just enough doubt there to think that they might do it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was. I mean, I couldn't even begin to to sort of go. We're not going to go through the spots because. Um, there's so many of them, and some notable things. We had a little later interruption. We had a little running by the one, an attempted running by the Good Brothers that was sort of nixed by Kazarian, who come in and, and sort of elite hunter Kazarian, yeah, elite hunter Frankie Kazarian, who sort of saw them off. I mean, could he be maybe positioning himself? Imagine, for, imagine for the upcoming trios belts, Mox, Kingston, and Kaz. I mean, I'd, oh, oh, I'd have a bit of that if it's going. Oh, oh, oh. I I think they're starting to slow build the next Blood and Guts match. I think it's going to be the elite versus everybody who hates the elite. The elite versus Moxley, Kingston, Kazarian, and um, well, they could they could easily insert like all the like any. Yeah, you could put Christian in there, for example, or you could put you know you could you could put Orange Cassidy and Hangman in there. You could put um, oh, Hangman would be interesting actually if he ends up on the other side yeah. of the elite. That'd be that'd be you, a story. You could, you could even put um, like. You could even put Death Triangle in there, and yeah. no, and have Kazarian be like kind of the X factor and just interfere. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a lot of there seems to be a lot of like sort of very very slow gradual teasing towards that match and or some kind of iteration of like a, a five on five match. There's there's like a slow sort of sense of feeling that the elite are just racking up enemies and eventually the chickens are going to come home to roost like they're, they're just building up like bad yeah. death aren't they very, as they go along and eventually it's going, to, it's going to cash in and they're going to have a bad time uh, one, yeah, one, one, one spot I have to um, get, I, I, I want to get this in and get this over um, at one point um, Eddie Kingston and Moxie hit a doomsday device on one of the books with one of the shoot, one of the, one of the um, Deordans yeah, Jordans, and I instantly labelled it the shoes day device, which I'm claiming I'm having that. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that was that was very 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 quick of you when you did that. To be fair. Like, and I was instantly. quite I was, I was quite tired at this point, so my brain still be working. Yeah. I was I was quite happy with that. Um, um, there was a bit where the so the books they they've kind of teased a bit more to this on being the elite this week, haven't they? Um, where the books did a lot of cheating in this match, like. To the point where people like on Twitter and a lot of reviews have said is is Rick Knox on the pay. Well, they actually did a, a segment where they paid and, Rick Knox off. <laughs> yeah, they paid Rick Knox off. Um, but because th- there was a bit where um, Matt sprayed the the cold spray into Mox's eyes and then just threw the air air assault can at his head. Yeah, which, it, <laughs> which which might have hardway busted him open. I was gonna say it. It didn't look like Mox bleeding because of how quickly he was bleeding. It looked like it like. The corner of the, the thing just hit him. Um, yeah, it was oh boy. Um, and after that, like it was just the books basically 
dissecting Mox and Mox coming back like like th- this is Mox's third pinfall loss, isn't it? Yeah. And he's it I'm I'm I thought Eddie Kingston was only in the match to take the pin. So I'm glad that Eddie Kingston got kind of protected in this from the pin. I mean Eddie, Eddie Kingston was like the savior. He was like that he was like the, the yeah. outside guy coming in to, to, to save Mox but, quite a few times. They booked Mox like he was fucking Minoru Suzuki. Yeah, he just wouldn't die. Like, he, even... Every now and again, he just started no selling things. It was fucking awesome. Like, um, what, what was the move they hit him with? And like he just kicked out after one. Oh, wasn't it um, the super kick party? Yes, they double super kicked him, and yeah, he just they went for a pin, and he just literally just popped straight back up. He, he did a melter driver on the stage, and like yeah. he, was back, he was back up shortly after, like murdering them with clotheslines. Um, he hit. I mean, he, he nearly got the win. He had the win with a um, with a, 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 a really vicious looking paradigm shift, but uh, Matt came in at the last second from it. So yeah, yeah. Um, and then yeah, yeah, the, 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 fin- the finish was just Mox eating four BT triggers in a row. Yeah, that there was. Um, I wasn't that into the finish. I'm not really a big fan of the BTE trigger. Well, it looks um, when you do it like four times, they, they sort of. I think they, 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 they just gassed, or like it, they, they, by the yeah, fourth one, they lost a lot of the momentum, and it looked like they were just like sort of caressing with the with the shins. Yeah, the, <laughs> it wasn't the most came, impactful. Came out, the wing came out, out of the sails a lot, didn't it? There was a really there was a really cool bit as well just before we wrap up this match where, um, so, I think it was. They went for a melter driver on Kingston and Moxley pulled um, Nick off the apron and like Nick just ate shit on the apron and then literally like two seconds later Mox goes in like saves Eddie Eddie rolls out the ring and then Matt goes for the uh, melter driver on on Mox and then as Nick's about to do it Eddie grabs Nick's leg and does the same thing. Um, well, I mean yeah that's that's why um, that's why he grew that beard mate because you knew his chin was taking some bumps on that open so he wanted some puns. <laughs> Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I I really enjoyed this match. It a lot better than I expected it to be. And like, there's, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of little things like that make it amazing. It's like the book's facial expressions and like their, their mannerisms in the ring are, are fantastic. Um, I mean, like, for, obviously the books get a lot of slip, a lot of sl- uh, stick because people say, oh, they can't tell stories, and they've said that we people think we can't tell tell stories because we don't go after a limp. But as far as the story being told in this match, this was fucking brilliant. So I think I think the books do like a really good like nineties like early nineties psychology. Like you know, it's all about yeah. like exaggerated facial expressions and sort of you know mannerisms. And then you put them in in the ring with someone like Moxie, who's literally a real life horror villain. Yeah, <laughs> you know, who just wants to do your pain. And it's it's I think I think it was it was an unusual. Um, pairing of, of themes, but I think it worked. The contrast worked really well, and it was a really, really entertaining match. Like, like I said, apart from maybe the triple threat, this was the match that popped us the most in terms of getting us out of our seats and, and screaming. Yeah, we got we got to a point where we we wanted Kingston and Mox to just beat the living shit out of the Young Bucks, um, and it got us all to a point where we thought they were going to win the belts. Like they they made us, but yeah. then they made us believe, you know, which was which was great. Yeah. So yeah, cracking match, uh, and the crowd were red hot for the whole thing as well. It was it was insanity. In fact, it was this almost it didn't tire the crowd out, but this almost it, it, it took a lot of their energy to, to get through this match. Yeah, I, I think I think it was a good choice to then go after this to go to the battle royal. Yeah, because the bat, battle royals can be, like kind of slow the crowd down a bit and let them get the breath the breath back. And there's obviously like peaks and valleys and 
Well, I mean, so, so we go next to the Battle Royal, and yeah, as you say, I think the good thing about this, as with with most AW Battle Royals, everyone's just here to see the surprises at the end. Like the match itself is going to be entertaining, but the, the big, all the all the all the emotional, the energy is going to be saved I, for, for the surprise entrance. I think they did a really good job with this, um, where it felt predictable that Christian was going to be there till the end. Yeah. I mean, I think nearly all of us, I think actually all of us had Christian down all to win of this. Us, all of us except uh, Troy and Aaron had Christian to win this. Um, so he was, he was, he was, you know, fl- neon flashing lights of saying, I'm going to win, you know, the, all the promos he was cutting like in the previous yeah. weeks and stuff. Uh, but Christian comes out first um, in this. He comes out in the first group. So it's Christian, Matt Seidel, Powerhouse Hobbs, Dustin Rhodes and Max Caster. Max Caster with a, another fantastic rap, I've got to say. First of all, uh, we, talk, we talked about Pop. So the acclaimed have never um, appeared in front of a live, a big live crowd before. Max Caster is over as hell. Oh, did you see um, Dark Elevation? No, no. Man, they got a fucking huge... Like, oh, so did, they, you hear, they, did you hear, did you hear the boos when you got eliminated in the battle row? Yeah, they recorded Dark Elevation um, after Dynamite, I think it would have been, um, on Friday. And Jesus Christ, Max Caster got a monster pop. So he, uh, in, in, it, in his rap, he told Christian that he was only cool when he had an edge. Yeah. Yeah, he, he made fun of um, Mattel slipping. slipping off the top rope. And told Dustin that he so ugly he could paint his whole face. Yeah. Yeah. He tweeted out, I've got nothing bad to say about Power Hobbs because Hobbs, he scares me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he didn't do anything. He didn't touch Hobbs. He didn't want to go there. Um, yeah, so early on, Matt Seidel eliminates, he's eliminated by Caster. Then Christian eliminates Caster. Again, he said actual audible boos from the crowd when Caster got eliminated. He was he was that over. Yeah. Um, then we have our next group out, which are Matt Hardy, Preston Vance, or number 10 from the Dark Order, Nick Comoroto, and Serpentico. Um Spence go get out of there real quick. And uh, Isaiah Casti as well. And Isaiah Casti, sorry, yeah. With yeah. Matt Hardy came out with him. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, Isaiah Cassidy and Mark. Was he actually in the match? Isaiah yeah, yeah. Private, par- private party were both entrants in the match. Um, And yeah, obviously, uh, <laughs> I didn't. Somebody attacked. Uh, Someone attacked uh, Cassidy on the stage, didn't he? Um, uh, up 10, yeah. Was it 10? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because that's right, because they attacked him, didn't he, as he was entering. Um, and, um, yeah, basically, I, Isaiah Cassidy and Mark went. Big shout out to them wrestling the match in Hawaiian shirts and chinos. Yeah, real, and real casual. No, yeah, and not uh, actual wrestling shoes, like fucking loafers. Yeah. And he still managed to hit gin and juice perfectly. And a couple of silly strings as well. So yeah, that yeah. was real nice. Um, um, so, yeah, so moving on. Um, a couple more eliminations. Um, Dustin takes out Nick Comoroto, Preston Vance at the same time. Uh, then Comoroto comes back with frustration and hits Dustin with the cowbell. Um, there was a big boo when uh, Dustin eliminated 10 as well, wasn't there? Yeah, the, temp, the, the Dark Order. The Dark Order were over as well. Like, um, e- Evil Uno's probably Evil one of the biggest pops of the night and I was so happy for him. Yeah. Um, so next five out, uh, we have the Hollywood Blondes. They got a huge pop. They did. A lot of Dark Side of the Ring fans in the AW, in the AW crowd by the sound of things. Um, mm. Anthony Bowens, Penta. Oh, we need to talk about Penta's gear. 
It was so good. It was it was basically kind of like it was joke it was Joker themed gear, but it was like an amalgam of all different versions of the Joker. Yeah, so it was a lot of green oh, and yeah. purple, and then it was white as well. And he then... had like the Heath Ledger scars on like the edge of the mask. He had like sort of like comic book um, cartoon, uh, like the animated series, like colors, like that shade. Uh, um, Almost to a degree, like fucking Lego version of Joker as well. Yeah, I'd say I'd, I would, I'd, I'd give you that. Yeah, uh, but it was it was fire. It was it looked well, so it, good. Yeah, we that got one of the biggest pops of the night from all of us. Pentagon coming up with his yeah the Joker get up. And then we also had uh, representing the Dark Order, cool dad Colcabana. Yeah, he got Col got a big pop as well, didn't he? Oh, and like we said, just to hear Colt's music again was was, was awesome. Yeah, I love, I love Colt's music. It really it really hypes me up. Uh, unfortunately, Colt um, Colt was uh, not long for this world. He went straight out, eliminated by Zay Cassidy. Um, Bowens went out pretty early, um, and then Griff Garris went out pretty early. Then you had your next five out. It was um, Mark Quinn, Evil Uno to that monster pop as you were talking about, uh, Big Shotty. And Jungle Boy with the um, oh, we find we find it pays off. We finally and, get we finally get the then, live crowd singing Aaron, Tarzan Boy. Yeah, Aaron Solo as well. Aaron Solo. And well, speaking of Aaron, came, Aaron, Aaron, Aaron sat on the couch next to me. Went off like a fucking fire alarm at this point when when Tarzan Boy came on, and yeah. um, it nearly deafened me. It was great. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I I still can't believe Uno's pop. Like it was so good, and he also like the, obviously the music played and. They didn't reveal who it was. And it was like, oh, who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? And then Uno came up with new gear as well. Yeah. Oh, that mask is incredible. Yeah. And the, the, um, the like, some, yeah, like, it was like a mosaic, wasn't it? Yeah. On the mask. He's put, if, you go on his, if you go on his Twitter page, he's put a close up of it and you can see it. It looks sick. It's yeah. So good. He had, he had it all over his gear as well. Um, but yeah, he kind of like, he'd left people waiting just long enough. So when he did come out, everyone lost their shit. It was awesome. I was really happy for Uno. Right. Awesome so we'll fast forward because there's, there's a few more eliminations. Uh, there Pent- was a couple of surprise ones. Yeah, uh, Pen- Penta goes out, which I didn't expect. And Will Hobbs. And Will Hobbs, yeah. The two, a lot of people we, that ruined that ruined a lot of people's Final Four predictions. We all, not all of us, but most of us had Will Hobbs and Pentagon yeah. in our Final Four. I didn't, but I had Matt Sidell, so what the fuck do I know? Um, well, yeah, I mean, you got the... <laughs> You don't need to update you there, mate. Uh, right, so we, we get we get to the final end of the Joker, and there's uh, I, I thought was really cool. This was like the, there was a bit of like a VT, wasn't there? there was a bit of like a, a video played on the, on the on the big screen, and then just Robert announced, and now the Joker, and it, it felt like a really big build, and it was really cool, and it was Leo Rush. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That so was bit, huge. First that one, was... none of us had this. Um, I think me and you both. Yeah. Had to well, the um, other thing is. The other thing is, which um, we, I, I, I think it only properly got announced officially this weekend. I'm going to say this weekend. I mean on Monday. But Leo Rush has signed to New Japan. Yeah. And he has been since last year. Yeah. Yeah. So according um, to Tony Khan, he has, he, has like, he has like a handshake deal with him, which means he, he's going to work as many dates as he wants, basically. Yeah, um, he's he's got he's got a nice clause in his um, New Japan contract where he can work for whoever he wants in America. Yeah. Um. So yeah, good good for Leo. Obviously, yeah. they want to keep 
they want to keep Leo Rush kind of like wrestling regularly while he can't go over to Japan. Um, but yeah, th- this was huge and it was weird as well because I he didn't really do much, did he? Well, he came out like a house on fire and, and sort of memed all over private party with his speed, which was quite nice. And he, he was, he, yeah. he, he didn't actually, he didn't live anything or he didn't achieve anything like tangible on the match, but he, he, he put on a really good show and for like the sort of two, three minutes he was in the ring. And then um, Hardy, the dastardly bastard, um, threw him over the top rope mm. and learned him. So, yeah. Yeah. Which I think, I think is, I think it made sense. So like they, they debuted him, obviously he got his big moment. He got his like sort of, you know, hot entrance, his hot tag, if you will. But then they, they sort of, they, they, mm. they took him away. Then they, they sort of made you want, want to see more. So, you know, they didn't like, they didn't give you everything straight away, which, which was, which was quite nice in a way. Um, and it made Hardy seem like a despicable bastard because he, he made Leo Rush leave the match and we all wanted to see more. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I, I just, I, I don't know. I feel like someone like Leo Rush, they could have, as easily debut them as like answering an open challenge to the TNT title or something. Yeah. Um, and held well, you know, off on. But you know that they, they love a they love a surprise debut in a battle royal. That's true. That's it's, true. It's, it's 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 almost an AW thing at this point. Uh, so we get down to our final three in this match, and that is Christian, Jungle Boy, and Matt Hardy. No, yeah. I don't think did any of us have Hardy down as you get to the end. Sarah did. Sarah did, yeah. Sarah. Sarah game as well. Um and then so Christian and go oh, Hardy's. This is really nice. So Hardy's trying to like bargain with Christian. He's sort of like, oh yeah, remember me and you? We go way back. You know, we've been we've been in match before. We should team up on the inch Jungle Boy, and they're sort of trying to get that to happen. Um, but that doesn't work at all. Um, so Christian sort of like fade fake agrees with him, and then just dumps Hardy over the top rope, and Hardy's out. Yeah, you know, it's that it's that veteran that veteran mindset. He's got that that ring awareness. Um, yeah. And then so we end up with Christian versus Jungle Boy. And, and so, right, this is a position we've been in a hundred times before, Jungle Boy and somebody else in the finals of a battle royal. And we'll see, you know, we've all seen this. We've seen this I, song before. I thought this was, looking back, this was such a good swerve. Yeah. Because, as you say, we've had it where Jungle Boy's, like, been about to win a battle royal so many times in the last, like, 12 months, like, 18 months. And it's like, oh, yeah, but Jungle Boy's not going to win, is he? So there was so he's always, always the nearly man. Like look, one my, especially one of my favorite sorry, spots sorry. of the match. So yeah, one of my favorite spots of the match here is you've got Jungle Boy and Christian on the outside. Christian goes for a kill switch on the rope on the on the apron. Jungle Boy blocks it, and then Christian goes to post him and like throws him towards the ring post. And like without even breaking stride or like making it look like any sort of effort, Jungle Boy just swings around the ring post and back into the ring. Like yeah. Jesus Christ, that was incredible. Uh, yeah, and yeah. We're, we're all just waiting now, aren't we? Like you say, we're all just waiting for, for Jungle Boy to come up short again. We're all just waiting for that moment where Christine just uses his like his experience to well, dump him over the top rope. Especially when he was in the final two of the tag team battle royal revolution. Yeah, and then lost a pen. And it was a Pac and Phoenix, wasn't it? Just double teaming him. And he like he managed to eliminate one and then the other just flung him out. Yeah. I was like, oh god. And like and wasn't he in the final four of another battle? The Dynamite Diamond one, wasn't he? He was in final two, him and yeah. MJF. Yeah. And we got the MJF rematch. Um, oh, no, it was Orange, but he was in the final four. Yeah. Um, he's always, he's, as I say, he's always the nearly man in Battle Royals. So to see him actually win one, it was a really nice surprise. 
Yeah, so spoiler, yeah. So Jungle Boy um, blocks. So Christian goes for another kill switch. He blocks it and then he backdrops him out the ring. And yeah, Jungle Boy wins. The pop is phenomenal when yeah. Jungle Boy wins. Like, it's unbelievable. Um, Luchasaurus and Marcus Dunn come down. They celebrate. They've got him, like, Luchasaurus has got him up on his shoulders, like Batista style. Um, it's, really, it's really cool. Um, everyone's singing Tarzan Boy. Everyone's singing Tarzan Boy. The crowd going wild. It's brilliant. And then Christine gets up. Um, he looks really pissed off. But now he, he you know, he, he basically just says to, he basically just like slaps Jungle Boy in the he chest. He just fires him up, doesn't he? Yeah, it's like, yeah, go on, you like, go win that belt. Go and win that title, go and win that title. And then he gives him a big hug. And it's really cool to see like Christian getting a big. And obviously, um, we're recording this on, on Wednesday after the pay per view. It's just been announced for this week, I think, that um, Christian and Jungle Boy are going to be teaming up against Private Party. Oh, nice. I didn't know. Which is going to be awesome. Um, it's, it's, awesome. it's awesome to see like, Guys like Jungle Boy, who is obviously a future star, getting to work with people like Christian. That's that's phenomenal. It, this show felt like it kind of put a show... Like, because a lot of the big stars in AEW are sort of pushing 40 or nearing 40. Yeah. And they, they're getting to the point where they don't need to make the stars immediately, but they need to be ready. They need, to be, they need to be laying the groundwork now. And I think this is a show we're going to look back in like five years' time and be like, oh shit, yeah, all these top guys were like, got, they got big moments on this show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jungle Boy did Orange, even though he's like in that group of guys who were like in the pushing 40. Um, a go go. A go go. Hangman. Um, Britt Baker. Britt Baker. You know, Sammy later on. Yeah. Yeah, man. Darby. Derby. All ego. All ego, yeah. But yeah, um, I, I, that's a battle royale. This was, this was really fun. Uh, as we, it, It's going to be interesting to see what, what shakes out of this. As we, we always say, AEW really, tend to be really good at using battle royals as like ways to start or further storylines. And there's a couple of bits in here. So you've got Matt Hardy and Christian. seems to be a thing that's going to become something. Um, yeah, there's a couple of interactions that, like Nick Comorotho and Dustin maybe, you know, there's a couple of things you think they could spin off from this well, and turn into, into programs. We've got on Dynamite this week, we've got uh, Nick Comorato versus Dustin in a bull rope match. Yeah. So the, that's going to continue on. Um, yeah, the, there's, there's a couple of things um, that did spiral out of this. And there's there a, a lot of, it felt like on this show, there was a lot of kind of laying the groundwork for what's next as well, which I, you don't see, or see often on AEW, but on like the actual pay-per-views but I no well obviously fine. with the money having four shows a year they, they tend to be like chapter closes don't they instead of like new openers but yeah I mean they, they've obviously they're probably gonna do fight for the fallen or fight the fest in like July August time aren't they yeah probably July because all out was September 5th um, yeah so it's really so let's just talk about that really briefly so obviously we're, we're in your start of June now the pay-per-view is the end of May the next pay-per-view yeah. September, and then the one after that's in November. Yeah, so and the one after that's in February. So it's three and a bit months till the next pay per view, but then only two months till the one after that. Yeah, well, it's weird, isn't it? Because full gear, the original full gear was like December. Unless they just want, unless they just want, unless they just, unless they just want to stay out the way of SummerSlam. Yeah, could be. Well, I think. Um, like traditionally, anyway, it's like the last week, weekend of August, the first weekend of September for all out. I love how we're saying traditionally when there's only uh, two of them. <laughs> yeah, but then 
all in as well, mate. <laughs> yeah, in. I know, I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, like the, there's a lot of there's a lot of sort of um, stuff they're gonna like need to kind of do to not have feuds going stagnant. I'm guessing the first like of those TNT. So obviously they've got four TNT specials, which is basically Saturday night's main event, um, or Clash of the Champions, or whatever you want to call it. Um, I, I'm assuming that, that that's going to be one's going to be winter that's coming in December. Yeah, one's going to be um, fight for the fall, which is usually June, July. And they've got beach breaking earlier in the year, haven't they? Yeah, and then fight the festival. Well, don't forget be next, like, next next year they'll probably have the Jericho cruise as well, won't they? Yeah, well, that's meant to be a uh, Halloween. All right, so Halloween Havoc could be, or whatever they call it, could be. Yeah, around that on the on the cruise as well. All right, okay. Yeah, but it, I mean they've got enough. Like even Blood and Guts, they did there's like a pay per view kind of thing, like a mini yeah. pay per view. So they they've got enough to do. I, my my hope is they they do like sort of stagger them out. They don't just have them. Like, don't forget, Guts to don't forget next year. There's those four specials as well on TNT. That, that's what I'm. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm hoping. I'm hoping they don't like do them like too close to. Oh no! Like, they'll, 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 I'm pretty sure they'll stick them in between to like bridge the gap, so that you've got like an event every month and yeah. they'll sort of fill in. I, I imagine the, at least uh, the first episode of the Rampage is going to be like a pay per view quality show as well. Oh yeah, it'll be, it'll be a stacked card. It'll be. They'll have something big. They might have a, yeah. like a world title match on it or something. Or. And now a word from our sponsors. Do you like beer? Of course you do. Do you like wrestling? You wouldn't be here if you didn't. Check out topropebrewing.com, our very own Big Tasties brewery. They do a great deal of wrestling-themed beers, including Cold Stone Cream Austin Ice Cream Pale Ale and Papa Mango Mango Pale Ale also. They also do an array of T-shirts, masks, cans, and mini kegs. Check out topropebrewing.com, or if you live in the Liverpool area, go to the Brew Tap in Bootle. And thatchface.com, where if you've got a minging beard, you can get beard balms, oils, and grooming kits. They also do apparel. If you put whatever you want in your basket, and then go, Aaron, where do you get your discount? You go into the promo code at the bottom, type in UWP20 for 20% off. And proceeds of your purchase do go to test out your cancer charities. All right, come on. We put it off long enough. I tried. I tried to derail the whole show, but we have to talk about Gogo versus Cody. Yeah, sadly. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's there's a lot to like in it. No, I mean, yeah. I so this was again one that split the room. So all all of all of you uh, you poor poor foolish people who thought. Cody wasn't gonna fucking lose this. Also, Cody wasn't gonna win this match. I, I picked this with my heart and not my head, and it was it was a mistake. I admit. I went, on, I, I, I went with what I wanted to happen, not what I thought would happen. On, on Memorial Day, the American Dream for one night only, going against the evil foreign heel is <laughs> absolutely not fucking losing. But I mean, how is should have. The, the is, wrong man won. How is a go-go the, not the face in this feud? Like he's 
a former Olympian who had to retire because he said he was in blind in one eye and he's learned another discipline and is now trying to make it. Like, how is he not the baby face? And the fact that, as well, on commentary, Excalibur like made a huge deal of that fact as well. Yeah. Like, one of the first things he said was a go-go, like, had to retire from boxing because he, like, lost some of the vision in his eye. He's, like, 78% blind in his eye and he's had nine surgeries on it. He has to have injections on his eye every, like, couple of months just to try and, like, stop his vision from completely going. And he doesn't know how long he can compete as a wrestler for. Like, yeah, one bad one bad bump could, like, could like do him in. Could, like, f- finish his eye off completely and then he's out. Yeah. He could do it with one eye. Anyway. Stan, Stan Hansen was blind. He, he fucking managed <laughs> to wrestle. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, well, yeah, so yeah. like I said, a, a, a fair few things I like in this match. Uh, one, Cody's um, new theme was quite nice. With the strings, the, 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 they obviously had the, the captain, Sean Dean. Yeah, um, so um, it turned out, so off the back of that, um, Mikey Ruckus is now working on a, a full AEW orchestral album. Oh, nice. And he's actually put out a tweet saying if any AEW fans are classically trained musicians to get in touch with them, if they can record, and maybe they could, he's going to record it remotely with fans playing instruments. That'd be cool. Um, yeah, just to, just to point out, Mikey, I am a classic tree musician and I do have I was gonna, limited recording I was capabilities. Say, are you going to say, are you going to, Mikey, Mikey Ruckus follows on Twitter. I know, if, if I can get hold of a French horn, because none of the instruments I play are strictly orchestral, but you know, I, I could maybe make it work. Um, anyway, I digress. Also, I, I, I mentioned that um, he should do Lance Archer's theme and Lance Archer liked it because he's a top lad. Well done, cheers, mate. Um, anyway, yeah. Um, so yeah, Cody's Cody. I, I, I like. It was a bit of a meme, but I liked Cody's gear. I thought his gear was fantastic. He, he looked like Homelander from, which, I, weirdly, was fitting because Cody is Homelander. Yeah, well, he looked. He looked like he looked like a bad guy in a Suda Fifty One game. That, well, that that's Homelander from the boys, isn't it? Yeah, he's um, he's literally for anyone who's not familiar with the boys, Homelander's like. An evil version of Captain America, you know, like an, in an alternate, like comic book universe. Um, you know, it's not to do with Captain America. Like he's just, it's the easiest way to describe. He's, like, he's just a big. But, he's like, what if patriotism but evil? Yeah, and he's like very out of touch with everybody, which Cody's obviously. He exists in his own like eighties universe, just like Cody. Yeah, Co- Cody's very sort of like not not very self aware. Um, in Cody's, in, Cody, in Cody's mind, he's like the sort of like beloved champion of the territories who just goes from town to town, vanquishing the. In Cody's life. mind, he's dusty. Yeah, and the, in reality, he's Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, um, <laughs> to, to a lot of people anyway. Um, yeah, um, but yeah, is is Gale awesome? Um, it was, it was, it was big like final boss energy, wasn't it? It was, um, it was yeah, this was like great. this was like full fucking Rocky Four, wasn't it, or Rocky Five? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Um, I, I was wait. I was waiting for Cody to come out to live in America. He's a shit house, and he didn't. And for it to finish, um, because like Cody's getting pummeled and like on oh, Anderson went through in the towel. Yeah, it, it, what it what it should have been was um, Drago killing Apollo Apollo Creed. But what we got was Rocky Five, where Rocky finally overcomes Drago. That was the end of Rocky Four. Same difference. No. Mate. Rocky Five was a uh, Tommy Gun. We punched Duncan. That's right, it was. That's um, right, it was. <laughs> anyway, fucking early morning, mate. Come on. So another, <laughs> another, another thing. It's, it's midday. 
don't worry about it. <laughs> so about another it. another thing, another thing to like in this match <laughs> is Agogo's ability in the ring was surprisingly good. Yeah, this is the first time we've actually seen a go-go um, actually have to do stuff. Yeah, I mean, every other match he's had is just been one bomb. Just bit him one bomb, kills people with punch. Yeah. Uh, I will, and I will say, I think Cody has to take a lot of credit for that. Um, we know Cody can put anyone, can pull anyone through a match. I mean, if Cody's like, like one thing that kind of went under the radar going into this is like a go-go was one of Cody's kind of like pet projects, wasn't? Yeah, he is. And, he is still being trained by Cody as, as we speak. I mean, obviously in storyline, yeah. he's he's turned against his master, but you know, he's actually still training under I, Cody. I mean, you you've got you've got to think that Anthony Agogo has probably planned this match with Cody from the first double or nothing when he signed. Yeah. So they've in. In theory, they've possibly been working on this match for two years, which, it, I mean, it's it shown like they've been working hard because it was a very fun match. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think it was... I think it was comfortably the worst match on the show, uh, but not in not in a way that it was unwatchable. I mean, it was just... It just it every, was, everything else was brilliant, and this was fine. It was a bit deflating as well at a go-go lost, and I'm not just saying that because he's British and because, like, we're all kind of bored of Cody sick of Cody's shit um, it was I think it was more because they could have done something really good to elevate Anthony Agogo and I think Anthony Agogo is at the point where he's definitely ready to keep being elevated I, say also, I uh, feel Simon Miller made a really good point well, on his ups and downs and I agree with him I remember when um, Kevin Owens challenged John Cena and he came up to answer the open challenge and he beat him. And that yeah. instantly made him seem like a massive deal. And if a go-go had beaten Cody, yeah. it would have made a go-go seem like a massive I mean he he already he will be a big deal. He will be, he'll get there, but you know, a victory over Cody yeah. at this point would have been I, I, for him. Yeah, I mean the fact as well that Brandy's literally like due next month. Cody's gonna be taking time off anyway. Yeah. You could like, have, they, they, they could have they could have written Cody off TV for a month here, like easy. They they could have written Cody off TV till fucking all out. Yeah, and had a go go really basking in like the fact he's defeat them. Hope hopefully they kind of rectify this. Uh, I, as I say, it doesn't. A go goes only three matches in. Cody's considered a veteran. Um, obviously, in this situation here, that it. It doesn't hurt a go-go too much, but at the same time, the fact that they built him as this unstoppable force and he's already like bowed down to Mighty Cody, it's not it's not great, is it? Like and like as as we said, a go-go like really looked good in this match. Yeah, like, man, he, he hit a frog splash, which he, looked really he, nice. He bled. Uh, well he, he I say, hit, I say, he, I say he, he bled fucking uh, low down. QT had to kick him on the outside. QT yeah, bladed him. Um, he did it nice and safe. It was fine. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Go hit a really nice frog splash. Um, so there was a storyline, wasn't it, that he injured his ribs training? A go go. So when he hit the frog splash, he couldn't make the cover, and that yeah. was kind of cool. Um, that made Cody could kick out. Um, there was a really cool moment where a go go probably had the match won. He landed like a big 
punch body punch combination and dropped Cody like quite convincingly. But unfortunately, again, it was it was the inexperience. Like he dropped him close to the ropes. And it he, was that was how he got out of it. Crossroads, wasn't it? Yeah, but when he went for the cover, Cody's arm was under the rope, so it couldn't count. It was just a little bit. I think it showed that he, he obviously didn't quite have the um, did not quite have the, the ring awareness to, to sort of take advantage in the match when he could have. Which I, I'm totally down with. I mean, literally, you say the guy's three matches into his career. You know, he's he's going to make mistakes mm. in the ring theoretically. Um, yeah. There was a, a really cool bit where he was in the figure four, and he did he punch Cody when he was in the figure four or something, and then turned it over. Yeah, which was quite nice. Basically, like. That, that's the other thing which was really annoying about this was that like they built up the fact that Anthony Gogo's a bronze medalist boxer he's very 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 hard and Cody was just taking punches off him uh, yeah but again in fairness and Gogo himself alluded to this on his Twitter account the other, uh, the, the other day um, Cody went after his arm right at the start of the match he, he started working his, his left arm yeah, true. And so he said, he actually said, when I punched Cody, it wasn't, a, I wasn't operating at full power. I said I couldn't get everything into it that I wanted, and that's why it didn't end the match. That's why he was able to, to sort of overcome it. Mm. So Gogo himself has, has said, like, you know, oh yeah, that's the reason why that that Cody was able to was able to like take these punches because he didn't get he didn't get his best to put it to put it. Um... Yeah, uh, I, um, I mean, as well. So Cody wins with the Vita breaker, which is weird because which... it's a move. Which he calls Din's fire, by the way, because he's a massive Zelda nerd, and I love it. Yeah, um, it's a move that he's won like a couple of matches with. It it kind of annoys me that Cody's got like about eight finishes. Because yeah, but you no, know, I quite like that because he, he, he. I think it's the first time he's used it to win in AW. Uh, so it, 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 it felt a bit more like him having to dig down deep and go for something. Good. I know it was. It was Certainly in a pay-per-view match, he's never won a big match yeah, with it. He won with it on Wrestle Kingdom. If it felt like he's had to really dig down, go and go old school to, to sort of overcome a go-go, which made it made a go-go feel a bit more threatening. That he had to go, you couldn't just get him with a crossroads or a figure four or anything like that. Yeah, it's, it's just, it, I just, I just get annoyed about wrestlers having more than like one or two finishes. It, it it's just a pet peeve of mine anyway. But uh, yeah, so. I, I don't know. I, I th- this kind of left a bit of a bad taste in my mouth. Apparently, as well, the crowd were. Um, it, this didn't. This didn't translate across at all on uh, the actual pay view. But from accounts of people who were in the crowd, they, there was like a 50-50 split between Cody and Agogo. Yeah, he sort of got the cheers eventually, didn't he? After the match, when he sort of did his big patriotic, you know. But he, he really had to work hard for, for those. Um, for... Nah, as soon as he came out with all the fucking stars and bars, mate, he was there. He was getting like his big pop, but there was a lot of people still cheering a go go. Yeah. Um, which is nice. Um and there's clearly a lot of love for a go go from the AW crowd, which is good to see. And like he, I think he he handled himself, you know, admirably in a match against, you know, someone who's really also, you know, a really good experienced veteran. I think I don't think he did himself any discredit. And he looked quite I think he looked quite strong in defeat a go go in this. Yeah. I mean it the the, the, issue, the I think the main issue I've got with a Gogo not winning is that it. It's good that Cody's like obviously because he said he's not going to challenge for the world title because he's made that promise. Um, he's working with like undercard talent and like the like rising stars, but it gets to a point where he's got to put one over eventually. 
And like you look at you look at like with Derby, for example, and how many times did Cody beat Derby until Derby actually beat? Yeah, but at the so same, they, but at the same time, he's got to protect his aura because if he puts everyone over, then no one gets anything from it. Yeah, but that that's the thing. He's 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 protected his aura enough that it, him taking a loss to a go go wouldn't have hit him. I, I think I think before twenty twenty one's over, we'll see a go go beat Cody in an AW ring. And I think it'll mean yeah. more when it does. I think I think I, I trust. I, I mean, uh, I would have liked to have seen a Gogo win, but as long as they continue this on and they spin it positively, and a Gogo eventually gets his win, then I think it'll be it'll be fair. I I, I agree. I agree. Right on to what I was. Oh, stealthily was the, my most anticipated match. One of my most anticipated matches of the night. Um, stealthily. <laughs> the only thing the only thing stealthy about this match was my was my anticipation of it because this match wasn't stealthy in the slightest. This was two big meaty men slapping meat. We had a hustle arm reset at the ready. It was Miro versus Lance Archer for a TNT title. Oof. Um Archer came out by himself, no Jake Roberts, because obviously selling the effects of, of the um the, the sucker punch from Miro. He, he did, yeah, they did they shown their footage of like a of they did like a weigh in of uh Britain, Sheeda and Miro and Archer. And like as, as like they were wrapping it up, Miro just like gut punched. Did you go go gut punch on him, Jake? <laughs> yeah. Um, so we start out on the outside, um, up the ramp into the ring. Archer does that cool um, top rope old school moonsault thing, which is beautiful. Every time he does it, I just marvel at how he's able to do it. Um, then they go back outside. Miro slams Archer into the yeah. barricade. Then Archer puts Miro through a table. <laughs> Just as you do, um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's this is just this is just a, a slobber knocker basically. It's just a big horse fest, like loads of big moves. Yeah, just two guys. like fall away slammed. Um, yeah, was it four away slam? Or was it like belly to belly? He, he basically threw Archer into like into the crowd. Yeah, he just overheaded him over the rings into the crowd. Um, at one point, onto some of the AEW dark. Jake Roberts shows down, runs down the ramp with his snake in a bag. Um, Miro basically just grabbed the bag off him, shook it around a bit, and then launched it like right back down the ramp. So ripped to whatever snake was in that bag. Yeah, M- Miro looked fucking unhinged in this match. Yeah, yeah, it was like a one-man wreck. We're machine. still getting, we're still getting, um, still getting crazy, Miro. Um, so then, yeah, Archer sort of yeah. got back on top. Um, then. Miro sort of bit of bit of bit of sneakery sort of kicked the um when Archer was getting back in the ring, sort of Miro like kicked the rope into him, like up into his crotch basically to, to sort of take yeah. the wind out of his sails. And then he went for the game over. Uh, Archer sort of powered out of it. And so he, he sort of like just kneed him in the back, basically, didn't he? Like really hard. Yeah. And um, then, and then he made the point on commentary as well. Uh, that Archer had like spinal surgery four years ago. Yeah, and he, so obviously, like that's like his kind of like Achilles heel. And Miro tied him in, the, in like that exact that exact area, and then he, he locked on that sort of modified game over that he used against Derby, where he sort of lies on the floor and sort of wrenches them. Yeah, um, and that was that was it. Archer passes out, and Miro takes the win. Um, yeah, this was it wasn't long, it wasn't pretty, but Jesus Christ, it was fun. Um, this was this was sort of. Shades yeah. of like Brock Goldberg from Mania the other year. Yeah, it was just really fast paced, hot fight. 
Um, it was like it was just like it was like those matches where like you know on SmackDown where you start with all your all these finishes enabled and all your stamina. Yeah. So you just do your big moves like straight away. Yeah. I actually had to cut a couple of signatures in the bag from his entrance. Must have beaten up some uh, extra yeah, I mean, backstage. It, it wasn't a technical marvel. It wasn't like a, a, a classic. It was just two guys beating the piss out of each other. And it, you know what? It was exactly what we expected it to be. Yeah, though, it, was, was just... it was everything I wanted it to be. So yeah, I was I was happy. Yeah, two meaty men slapping me. Um, Miro continues to look incredible. Like you know, he's really found his hit his stride now, and I think he's 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 going to be one of the top guys in the company before too long. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Archie yeah, Arch continues to be one of, the, one, of the, of, um, one of the best big men in the in the, in the company. Basically, he, he showed again that he's a uh, he, he's fantastic. So, yeah, there's a there's a lot of kind of like good that came of this, just to like kind of portray Miro as a killer and like I'm to kind of resort to like low blown Archer and then just kicking the shit out of his back was it, it added to the fact that. Archer still look good in defeat. Yeah, and the, and like Miro as well. They, they sort of set him up over like the the last his last few. Like obviously apart from like Dante Martin, who he just launched into like low orbit. Um, Miro is that kind of guy who like he'll just he'll totally he'll go to the toe with you, and then as soon as you give him an opening, as soon as you show any weakness, as soon as you like expose yourself in any way, he'll take advantage. And as soon as he does, as soon as he gets that advantage, it's he just capitalizes and it's it's game over, literally. Yeah. So yeah, really, really fun match. Um, yes, yeah, so after this we got. Yeah. Um, after this we got um, Sheeta versus Baker for the women's title. Yep. And I think this was a contender for match tonight as well. To be honest. Right. This is really weird. So I've been I've been sort of reading around a bit online. A lot of people didn't like this match an awful lot, and I failed to see it. I- I loved it. I felt like there was a bit in the middle where they could have possibly cut like a minute or two off the match. But I don't think it hurt the match. I think it was just kind of like it, people, it was just a little some people said it got a bit it got a bit like loose in the middle. It got a little like sort Yeah, there's a reason for that apparently, and that is that apparently um Sheeta's top nearly fell off. Oh, fair enough. So they were trying to work around that allegedly. Um but yeah, um I thought so. I said to you, I said to you when it was live. There was there was almost like a, a Rock Hogan crowd vibe at this, in that by stupidly over, like they, they almost had to have Brit work face a bit in this. To, to and there, and there were some big face spots for Brit here. Like she um she got inadvertently cracked by Rebel with the with the cane, and she kicked out of that. Um, all the near falls seemed to be on Brit's side. Like she was kicking out of everything. Like she kicked out of the Tomashi. She kicked out of um. Like a falcon arrow, she kicked out of some yeah. big shit. Um, and every time she did it, there was a huge pop, like absolutely huge. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it was basically as well. They were it was constantly brick like going for lockjaw, but unable to get it in. Um, big shout out to Brit Scott Hall gear. Yeah, <laughs> and um, she had the Scott Hall glove as well, which is awesome. <laughs> oh, that, that that special like custom gloves you had was was incredible. Yeah, um, I I I really enjoyed this match. I, I, as I say, I thought it did fall off in the middle, but with with you saying that it could have been that, then that's fair enough. Can't really argue with that, can you? 
um, yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot of like times in this match where I thought, "Oh no, she just won this." Oh no, she just won this. And it was one of them. Like it made so much sense. Like we all talked about how it was the time to put the belt on Brit. Like it had to happen. Like it made so much sense to not do it. And then mm. you think, "Oh, what if? What if they just swerve us? What if it's? What if she just keeps it?" But then some AW here proving that you know sometimes. Even if you do the predictable booking, if you do it in a, in a with a good match, that, that's enough. You don't have to have mad swerves all the time. You don't have to have like big surprise moments. You just have a really obvious result, but achieved in a really fun way, and it can be a great match. Yeah, um, yeah. It was, uh, but like by the time um, Brit finally applied the lockjaw as well, like the crowd were like ready. Um, so the finish was like what didn't. She to go for a Tom machine, Brit dodge it, like kind of roll her over into it, or roll roll it up, and then went. Yeah, there was, there was some sort of like momentum. I mean, it was about three in the morning at this point, so you know, it was yeah. Not I've got to yeah. say, got to say, first of all, this match was seventeen minutes long, and it didn't feel it at all. And also at this point, no. we're probably about two hours into this pay, two, over two hours into this pay per view, and it felt like it could be much for fifteen minutes. Like this pay per view fucking flipped. Like it absolutely yeah. nothing dragged. It was absolutely the pacing was. Perfect. It was spot on. This match, especially this match, was like a microcosm. This is this was this was one of the longest matches of the night, and it felt like I was in, I was completely invested in this all the way. I, I I thought this match had me from bell to bell, and I didn't. I, I no one point did I look at my phone? Did I look at my watch? Did I look at my you know, same thing? Did I check the time? Did I think? Did I get bored or anything like that? I was just I was completely completely bought into this all the way through. Um, yeah, it was it was only it was only when we were like. Like after this match, going like what's left? Yeah, like oh shit, there's, we, only, there's only three realized, left. We realized the show had kind of like flew, like flew by. Um, yeah, it was a really nice moment as well where um, Shivani left commentary and went and gave Brit a hug. Um, yeah, I well deserved like for Brit. Oh, the pop, the pop was great. Really, I mean, good luck, good luck on Wednesday. Oh, Spinning that as a heel promo because it's going to be difficult. I think she can do it. <laughs> she's she's gonna, absolutely. She's, she's going to have to go with some cheap heat if she wants to get booed. I mean, did you see what she did in the press conference? Why when she hugged Dizzy? Yeah, when she hugged Dizzy and said that now you've hooked the real role model. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Uh, yeah. Right. Speaking of things that I loved, um, next up we have Sting and Darby Allen versus Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. So first of all, we get a little video of Sting picking his son up after school. Yeah, picking up, picking him up from his mum's, taking him to McDonald's. You know, he's got his access day. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we get. Um, oh, I mean, this was this was this surprise again. This surprised me. <laughs> for any for anybody who was worried Sting couldn't go, I think within the first two minutes it was like, yes, yeah, Sting's going to be fine. <laughs> Is that when um, when Sting ripped his shirt off and then did a crossbody on Page and Scorpio? Yeah, not well. Yeah, you're, you're underselling the crossbody there, mate. So Sky hits a suplex on the stage, like on Sting, like immediately. Um, and then Sting dived off the poker chips on, like, onto the floor. So that was like a good 10, 15 feet in the yeah. air. Um, onto Page and Sky and then ripped his shirt off. I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah. Top and that was that was before the bell rang as well, by the way. Yeah. Um 
and there was already you still got a chance. Like literally fr- during the entrance, Darby dived on um, Ethan Page as well. Uh, I, I mean, we were talking before about those bit, those matches where everybody came out looking good, and this was one of them. Like yeah. nobody looked bad in this match. Sting looked incredible. Ethan Page looked like a fucking star. Um, Darby. Derby's always going to look good. Same Scorpio Sky, they're always going to come out looking good. And um, Scorpio Sky is just like a solid worker. Um, and he can, could have a good match with fucking anybody he wants on that roster. And same with Derby. Um, yeah, there was a moment in the match where um, whew, <laughs> Ethan Page just gorilla presses Derby out of the ring into the crowd. Yeah. Which is just insanity. Um, into the, into the, 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 the extras. It wasn't into the into the actual. Darby's fans, brother. Yeah, it was Darby's family, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was. Um, yeah, onto Darby's family, which was just like the, the ultimate scumbag movie could have done. Uh, it really does feel like we're going to get a, an Ethan Page Darby feud out of this, doesn't it? Oh, I hope so. All I want. It's all I want. Because um, Ethan's been talking a lot in his promos about how like they, they had that feud in PWG where it evolved. Sorry, where like evolved. where he broke Darby's, he busted up Darby's elbow real bad and. Yeah, in the, in the kind of blow-off match, Darby got injured in, like, the opening moments of the match, so they never really got, like, a blow-off match in the feud. Um, they just said page one, because Darby was out for a while after. Um, yeah, so back to yeah. Sting. Sting hits a... Not, not the quickest code red. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's, it, it, was, it was sort of like... Uh, the, Aaron, if you're, Aaron was very... Aaron was very quick to go Aaron about it, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, but it wasn't it wasn't much slower than say Dustin's one that he did a couple of months back. I mean, the fact that Sting did one looked was impressive in itself. I thought. Yeah, yeah, and he, he was good for a couple of Scorpion you know, Stinger splashes as well, which looked really yeah, pretty cool. He, even him doing, even if he had done it as a fucking just a roll like a sunset flip, it would have been impressive because of a, a guy his age, Sting's sixty two years old. Yeah, exactly. I mean. Oh yeah. So then we get uh, moved better than me, and I'm fucking thirty years younger. Than <laughs> there was a nice moment where Sting had the um, Scorpion Deathlock on Page, and then Darby came in to sort of help to sort of take watch, and then Scorpio Sky came in, put the heel hook on Darby. Well, Dar- Darby applied the Fujiwara armbar onto Page, and as Page was about to tap, that's right. Um, Scorpio put a heel hook on Darby, and then him and Page were like face to face in submission holds in agony and started punching each other. And then yeah, that Page was, started gouging Darby's eyes. That was a really cool spot. I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Um, he, so the, the match sort of came to a head where um, Scorpio Sky came in to hit a cutter on Sting. Oh, so Scorpio hit, oh, sorry, Sting went for Stinger Splash. Scorpio avoided it. He went for cutter. Sting sort of countered it. Hits him for the Scorpion death drop, and that's good for the pin. So Sting pins Scorpio Sky to win. Yeah, I think I think they did a really good job of like obviously we're saying how good Sting looked. I they, everyone in the match yeah, deserves a lot of credit and kind of how they sort of protected Sting's aura. Like, yeah, and, and and everyone in the match was a was a top quality worker as well. Like it's important to yeah. know that. Like. Like one one thing that kind of goes like that goes unsaid with a lot of matches like this is when there's like an older guy in there and obviously they're past they're past the prime. Like it's good that like you've got like workers who are in with them that can kind of hide the sort of inadequacies a bit. 
Yeah, and, and, I think, it's, and credit to credit to all the guys in the match. Like, I mean, Ethan Page is. Yeah. I think he's 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 really hitting his stride now, and he's he's, he's showing us what he can oh, do. This, this was a star making performance for Ethan Page. It's a shame that uh, in a couple of months we're probably gonna have have Ethan Page no longer in a singles feud and back in the north where he belongs. But you think Alexander's yeah. coming in? I hope so. I just want the north back. I miss <laughs> them so much. But no, I mean Ethan I just, Page. I just Ethan want Page. the north versus FTR. That's all I want. <laughs> Ethan Page really showed he's really sort of he sort of didn't quite land on his feet when he came in um, into AW. Uh, I feel like it was weird they kind of like went from him being like because obviously that the other debut match where like the audio from the end of end of the NBA bled through and it was like that's Ethan Page's debut match and that's happened that's not good and then he kind of his momentum just kind of derailed and then all of a sudden he was in a feud with Sting and Derby and it was like what? <laughs> but no, he, I, as I say, this was like his star-making performance for me in, in AEW. He looked, looked like a megastar. Um, wouldn't be surprised if 18 months down the line we're talking about Ethan Page challenging Hangman or Derby or whoever is the champion for the title. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's certainly on a on a road to be to becoming a, a believable like big player in AW. And I'll, I'll yeah. we're throwing around like plaudits and, and sort of congratulations, but the obvious plaud the obvious congratulations and plaudits have to go to Sting. I mean, it's easy it's easy yeah. to say that he was protected and like you know the other guys in the ring were really good, but fucking look at him, man. He's he's sixty two and he's got himself into the best shape he's been in in twenty years. Yeah, like he, even in TNA for a long time, he was he was he was wrestling with a t shirt on. He wasn't in the best nick. Like this is. This is the best I've seen Sting since his probably his world his uh, main event mafia run in TNA. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. And that was like that was like legitimately over ten years ago. <laughs> yeah, fair fair play to him as well for uh, some of the bumps he was taking. Like you can't like you can't overlook the fact that Sting has come back from a career and a neck injury. Yeah, this is a man who was like effectively medically retired. Yeah, <laughs> and has now come back to wrestle. All right, he, he, he had a cinematic match where he was especially well protected, but he's, he just had a live pay per view match where he took a suplex on a on a on a non wrestling ring surface, you know, and he's and he's fine. Well, I'm sure he's probably a little bit sore, you know, at the moment, but you know, you'll be you'll be fine. Yeah. Um. But yeah, well, well done to everyone involved in that match. Um, and cre- yeah, credit to Page and um, Scorpio for, for bumping for him as well, and for like making everyone look good, and Darby for being Darby and doing Darby things because you know he's gonna have to stop it at some point, but not today. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And uh, then to definitely what you thought was match of the night, I guess. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say probably for me. This just I think I'd be hard pressed to disagree with you. It's just about Jade for me. Um, um, it's just we're talking about the main event. Well, say the, the the co-main events, which was the Triple Threat World Heavyweight Title Match. Pack I, I'd almost team. say the match that should have ended the show. Yeah, I mean, I can see why. Well, we'll get into it, but I can see why it didn't. Didn't. Um, I can see why Stadium Stampede did, but I think this match was so good that like it almost took like the wind out of it, the styles a bit. Yeah. Um, so. And- yeah, it's Kenny, it's Kenny Omega, Orange Cassidy, and Ka- Orange Cassidy and Park for the title, obviously. Um, yeah. I mean, just from just from the entrances, like this felt huge. Like watching all three guys come out, huge pops all around. Cassidy, like, is 
the most over thing in wrestling. It's 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 so easy yeah. for people to say like, oh, Cassidy's getting a bit stale now, and oh, you know, you forget, and then you just see him come people, out, and you see, and the, you, you just have to say that he's got like a shit gimmick, and it's like, well, has he? Because when everyone forgets about it, when he like starts firing up, and he starts like, he gets he, when he gets out of that sort of, I'm gonna. I'm going to like act like I don't care about this match stage, which he's started to do a lot quicker in matches these days as well. I I I completely disagree with that. Like that, his gimmick's bad. I, I would say in professional wrestling, so do I. I don't think there are many wrestlers who know their character better than Orange Cassidy knows his character. Mm. Absolutely. Like everything, everything he does in his matches is in service of his character. Absolutely everything. The way he handles himself, back, like even just backstage yeah, before the match, they showed like a little VT of like they do it, and like you know, it's like the three guys preparing for the match, and it was like, yeah, um, Pack was like flexing and getting 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 hype. Um, Kenny Omega was just throwing basketball, like little mini basketballs, into a hoop, and then Orange Cassidy was just sat there, like completely chill, while in the background, um, Trent and Chuck were sparring and like warming up. Yeah, <laughs> Cassidy was just ignoring them. It was it was unbelievable. It was like it was so good. It did so much. Like everything he does just furthers his character. He's phenomenal. Yeah, and then yeah. you look around. You look around the arena, and like the number of Orange Cassidy signs, and like kids in Orange Cassidy t-shirts, and men in Orange Cassidy t-shirts, and women in Orange Cassidy t-shirts, and like yeah. you know signs saying Orange Cassidy for champion. And it was it was if if and if they had put the belt on him, it would have felt. Oh me, it would have. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I think they could have even got away with putting the belt on Orange on this show and then hot shot on it back to Kenny a couple of weeks later. They could I mean they could have hot shot it back to on Dynamite and like done a triple yeah. McFoley style. It would have been they would have, they would have got that that moment though. Yeah. And that was yeah. But it, it it's gonna happen sooner or later, isn't oh, it? Oh he he honest. will. He has like if again I, we, we talked about this, like obviously all these all these like this vacuum we've been in, like in sort of We've been we've literally only had the internet as sort of a barometer of, of popularity for the last sort of eighteen months. You put Orange Cassidy in front of five and a half thousand people, and they make a hell of a lot of noise. Yeah, yeah. Like nuclear pop, like the, the roof. If they if they'd have put the match on last and put the belt on Cassidy, we would have been talking about it. I'm, I'm not going to say like in terms of WrestleMania thirty, but you know it would have been uh, in in that sort of league. Yeah, I think so. It would, I'm not saying it would have eclipsed it, but you know, it would have been up there. Uh, anyway. Yeah, but he, he's 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 just awesome, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's he's apps and and he showed it in this match. Like, not only is he a great character, he's a great worker as well. Like, he he was able to mm. to sort of go toe to toe with two of the best wrestlers in the world in in Kenny Omega and Pack. Yeah, and he did not look out of place here at all. No, not at all. Uh, yeah, so I mean, there's not an awful lot to say about this match other than it was balls to the wall. I mean, it was everything. It was everything a triple threat match should be. There was no. There were very few moments where they they were very brave and that they had a lot. They they kept the three men in a lot. Like the, normally in a triple threat match, like someone gets took, like, dumped to the outside and like two guys go and they sort of switch in and out. There was a lot of three man interaction in this match, which is that's that's the distal that's like the sort of the core great triple threat match is you're able to to use all three guys as much as possible all the time. Yeah, yeah, um, and th- there was a lot like with the near falls as well. It was you could it you could see that they were going to get broken up, but the way it was shot, 
you could you couldn't tell. Like there was there was one where Kenny broke up a near fall from outside the ring and it looked like he barely got to it. Yeah. And the way it was kind of shot like behind Kenny, so you barely saw like he'd actually done it. Um yeah, there, there was a lot of callbacks to the Pack and Orange Cassidy match and the Pack and Kenny match as well. Uh, obviously there was the bit where um Kenny goes for the one winged angel and Pack reversed it into a brutalizer. Yeah. Uh, I loved the bit where um, Omega hit a, pit, hit a pin on Cassidy and then Pac just broke it up to 450. Yeah. <laughs> because why not? <laughs> Kenny gave everyone like brutal looking Snapdragons. 300 kick fucking Pac at the start. As well, oh yeah, that, that, like, that spot, a kick into the into the, into the um, turnbuckle was just nuts. Yeah. Oh, there was just, there's just so much went on in this match. Um, Pack it a massive brain buster on Cassidy for a near fall. Then yeah. there was that lovely spot. <laughs> and again, so there were at least three moments where it looked like Cassidy was going to win. He was going to steal it. So the f- one of them was when um, Pack hit the Avalanche Falcon Arrow on Omega, and then yeah. Ke- and then Cassidy just ran in and threw Pack out the ring and tried to steal the pin. Uh, didn't quite make it. I loved. Um, there was a bit in the, like sort of to the middle of the end where. Kenny was down and Pack again. This hark back to to the Pack Cassidy match from Revolution. Um, Pack starts do, uh, sorry Kenny starts doing like the Kenny uh, Cassidy sorry starts doing the the sort of sloth style kicks the the, the sort of low effort offense. And yeah. Pack Pack almost almost like chuckles to himself like he's selling it like he's going to sell along with it. And after he does the yeah. two like the two shin kicks, Pack just hoofs him in the dick like a real hard. Yeah. <laughs> That was a really nice callback as well to um like their feud like from last year. Yeah. I think I think the, the thing is as well, like one one thing that um kind of doesn't not that it doesn't go unsaid, but it, it definitely doesn't get said enough about Pac is how versatile he is. And how like he, he's like he's got great chemistry with both these guys, and I felt like to a degree, he was almost like the glue that held this match together. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's so easy to shoot. Like, well, not, not if you actually pay attention to him, but it's so easy to sort of try and shoot home pack as a high flyer and like just a, a, a flippy eye. Yeah. But, right, there's at one point, um, Orange Cassidy tried to hit him with a diving DDT and pack somehow managed to counter it into a brutalizer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, he, he hits, like, he, he got so many me- mental counters to like, uh, brutalizers. Um, the, there was a bit really close to the end where um, Omega missed a V trigger on Cassidy, and Cassidy hit the orange punch, and everybody thought that was it. Yeah. Um, and then he hit. Obviously, he hits. He hits Pack with one straight after as well, and then everyone thought that was it. Uh, and Callus ends up like leaving commentary and actually like getting involved. But was that when Callus just shouted, "Oh shit!" <laughs> yeah, he just legged it off commentary, which was Don Callus is such a good shit house man. He's <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love him. Um, there was a lovely bit towards the end. Um, the crowd, which the crowd would shout and fuck you, Don, as well. Yeah, he's just such a good like shit eating heel. Um, yeah. A bit at the end, towards the end, so. Um, after after he um, puts on the brutalizer from the from the diamond DDT, Omega like stomps on Pack and sort of um, 
he's trying to break. He's trying to like he, he, he just runs in and kicks Pack, and then Pack just doesn't break it. He doesn't break the real life. He's still got it locked in. He's just and, kicking him in the face. And Cassidy's about to pass out. So and and Kennedy can't get Pack off. So he just knocks the ref out instead. Yeah, that was a really clever spot. Uh, yeah, because the rest of the rest of the rest of the caller because Cassidy's dead. Yeah. Uh, and the thing, the thing as well is with the way the way this match played out is like both guys have viable reasons for a rematch. Yeah, they both had like, the match won at one point. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cassidy had it won multiple times. Pack had it won. Uh, tw- there was twice where Pack could have won when he had the brutalizer on both guys. Yeah. So after after um, Kenny knocks the ref out, my, one of my favorite little spots is Callus throws Omega in one of his belts, and he he nails Pack with it, and then he uh, Kenny drops that belt, calls for another one, so he throws him another belt, and he nails Pack with that one. And he just goes through all his belts, just hitting Pack in the face with them, which was yeah, it was fantastic. It was like some Acme Roadrunner, Miley Coyote shit. I loved it. Yeah. Um, and as as Kenny thinks he's fine, like he's got it won, he's about to pin Pack, isn't he? Orange just comes from nowhere and hits him with an orange punch, and that was that was the one, wasn't it? That was the one yeah. where we were like, "Oh my god!" So he when he hits him with the orange, with the orange punch, there's no ref. Aubrey legs it like fucking sprints out from the back. Charles jumps, Robinson at WrestleMania 24 legs jumps it. in the ring and literally hits a 2.99 recurring. Yeah. Oh, it was so like everyone was like we were all out of our seats at that point. We thought it was happening. Yeah. And then Kenny counters it into a roll up and just wins. <laughs> yeah. I was like, "You piece of shit." Um. Yeah, like the, the couple of takeaways from this match were uh, obviously, as I've said uh, before, like Orange and Ken, uh, Orange and Pack both had the match won at various parts, and both have very viable kind of very viable uh, reasons why they should probably get a rematch somewhere down the line against Kenny uh, for the title. Also, Kenny didn't hit the woman Angel once in this match. No. He went for it multiple times, but that that kind of protects them as well because obviously it's like one with Angel, game over, unless someone breaks it up, and that would that would hurt the whole kind of aura of someone kicking out of it. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, very... I'm always more of a fan of, especially in move like Warming Danger where it's got set up. I'm always more of a fan of not being able to pull it off, as opposed to pulling it off and have someone break it. Yeah, and he. He came close to hitting it so many times, but I um, I, re- I really love like the inherent danger for Kenny. So like, warming danger, you have to put the guy on your shoulders. Now, Pax mm. finisher, he wants to be on your shoulders because that's how he puts the brutalizer. Yeah, on. <laughs> it's like so. It's the risk reward if if Kenny and, back on his shoulders, he's asking to get brutalized. An orange can pop out of it and hit like he could one trap. He could hit um, a beach yeah. break. He could hit Stunlog yeah. Millionaire. Yeah, orange punch. So yeah. Oh yeah, this was this was a phenomenal match. Um, very, very good. Possibly even my match of the year so far. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I think we're we're very uh-huh. spoiled as wrestling fans in the sense that we've had two absolutely outstanding triple threat matches this year. Yeah, already. <laughs> Obviously, the WrestleMania main event one and this, and both were phenomenal in their own right. I mean, for me, the the crowd added so much to this as well. I mean, you, 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 I never thought I'd appreciate that this is awesome, chance until I heard one on this show. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was done with them forever. I thought I hated them. Oh, I'm never, I'm never yeah. going to complain about wrestling crowds ever again. It's just great to have them back. It was so Wait. good. 
the like the I, the the, 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 the they just amplified the emotions that the roller coaster of emotions that you went through this match of like Cassidy almost winning and then Pac almost stole it a few times and like I wouldn't have begrudged to Pac won the belt here because he's a phenomenal talent as well. And then yeah, Kenny. Obviously. Yeah, even though we all even though we all knew that Kenny was going to win, I, I think in the manner that he did, it was surprising enough that. And this is the thing, like, um, I can't remember. I saw somebody on uh, Twitter or YouTube or something talking about the show and how even though a lot of the matches on this show were quite predictable, it's it doesn't matter if it's executed well. And I think like this and the Sting match, the Brit match, they were all executed well enough that it, it kind of subverted the whole... Well, it's predictable. Yeah, you know, you don't you don't need a mad swerve for the sake of a mad swerve. Like in yeah, event, in, well, event, in Avengers, no, end, I, in, in Avengers I, I end game, you know they're going to beat Thanos, but yeah. it's how they do it. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> no, but I, I think I think more. I think more like like obviously all these matches were very easy to call. Like the fact the fact that looking at our predictions, like I got one wrong out of all of them. Everyone else got like, I don't only got like two at, at, at most, maybe yeah. three at a push. Um, and and like that, that's that's the thing. It's it's kind of like every, a lot of these matches were, were predictable of who was going to win, but it, the journey it took you on kind of gave like kind of made up for that fact. Yeah, yeah, and it's like you said, it's about the execution, and like for the, mm. for, the for the vast majority of this pay per view, they absolutely nailed the execution, I absolutely nailed it. Yeah. Um, okay, so then we're going to go to. Should we, should we talk about something that we absolutely didn't see coming? Oh yeah, speaking of something, speaking of real, well, someone not, someone did, but they didn't, they didn't quite believe in themselves to keep it in. I I I managed to convince Troy that this was going to happen, joking round, and then it fucking did. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, before we get to the stadium stampede. Um, Tony Gironi's in the ring and introduced as a, a new signee who's going to be an analyst for AW Rampage, as well as hosting some backstage roles, including coaching and talent scouting. Uh, and we are introduced to the world's what strongest it, man, Mark Henry. What what an acquisition this is, by the way. Yeah. Like, you've just got to look at some of the people that uh, Mark Henry's kind of played a part in in, them, in WWE signing in the last, like, 12 to sort of, 12 months to, like, sort of five years. Yeah. And it's this is like such a get for AW. Like uh, one thing that's really important to, to sort of mention is apparently Mark Henry was one of the guys who got Jade Cargill his start in wrestling. Yeah, and so he was trying to get he was trying to get assigned to WWE. So that's a big deal. Um, Evil Luna was straight on Twitter oh, saying that he's now co-workers he, with Mark Henry, which is pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, he got. Um, so on, w- on WWE side of things, Bianca Bella and Braun are the two big ones. Yeah, that Mark Henry like got signed up. Uh, the was apparently was the- he's apparently regarded as one of the best eyes for talent in the business as well. Yeah, and I I think as far as like a mind for the business, I think he doesn't get enough credit either. Yeah, like as far as like psychology and stuff like that. Goes, he like- said he said in like a very brief interview after this. Um, on what I can't remember where it was who had it. Uh, he said basically throughout his entire career, whenever he's not been used in TV, he's always been hanging around production. He's never just sat in catering and done nothing. He's always it was if, if, it was on his radio show, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like, he's always he always said a factor. Yeah, he always said like 
whenever he's not been on, but not been featured, he's always made himself useful in other ways, trying to learn mm. as much as he can. And he's, he's yeah. really, you know, he's lived, he's lived a life in the business, hasn't he? And he's, he's been, he's done everything. He's been everywhere. Um, and so, he was yeah. meant, he was meant to actually be getting that job for WWE. Um, apparently, like Vince had approved it and said, "Yeah, you're one of the guys that absolutely listen to." Um, and he, like a, a very, very high up role in WWE, and uh, obviously, a lot of the cuts happened last year, and then some more happened this year. So, he- yeah, well, he, he said he spoke to Vince before he, when he took the job at AEW, and he said. He said to Vince, like, apparently it wasn't a problem with him, but he said, very critically, he said, someone under you is blocking this from happening. Yeah, I, I get the impression it was probably Brother Love. So, obviously, he wasn't, Maybe getting, what he wanted. Done. He wasn't getting what he wanted in WWE, and then Vince basically said, all right, I'm sorry to see you go, but he's basically gone with Vince's blessing because, obviously, him and Vince have enormous respect for each other. And, yeah. Well, the, the, fact, the fact that Vince McMahon... Has like said to Mark Henry, "You're one of the people I would absolutely listen to." Yeah, I mean, we talk week in, week out about the bad state of WWE in these days, and a guy like Mark Henry would probably, probably would be able to give like a nice breath of fresh air to that. Yeah, and it's a, it's a shame WWE lost that. But my God, what a game for AW. Yeah, well, I mean, what I, I, like, I'm really, I'm really excited to see how, what he can add to the product and what he can, uh, what he can bring to the table. I, I hope he, I hope he has a couple of matches as well. I, well, I think he said he's got. I think he said he, he, he feels like he's, he's got at least a couple of matches in him, doesn't he? He wanted a match with Walter. Just yeah. you know, the ultimate horse fight. Oh, um, yeah. But he, he also said. Um, that he's like drop, he's dropping weights. Obviously, he looked amazing. Like he. He's like the lightest he's been in years, isn't he? Yeah. Um, and he's tr- like really trimmed down. He looks in great shape. He said he wants to have at least one or two more matches. Um, Interestingly, he's going to be um, speaking on Dynamite this Friday. So that's prime territory to be called out by someone on the roster, isn't it? If you do like an in-ring sort of segment. I hope he comes out in the salmon jacket and fucking world's strongest slams somebody. <laughs> All the one. Code, Cody. It's gonna be Cody, isn't it? Always Cody. <laughs> Anyone but you, Cody. Anyone but you, Cody. Uh, uh, but yeah, that was very cool. It was again. It was one of the things that got one of the biggest pops for us. It was it, a. Lo- it was just it a lovely. Come- it was just a lovely little surprise as well. Like, none of us were expecting it. None of us were like hyped up for it or anything like that. And it was it was unannounced as well. Yeah. Which was. Extra nice, like Tony. The, Tony can't learn to stay off Twitter before a big announcement. Yeah, like obviously they did the whole Christian Cage thing at Revolution, where they were like, "We're going to announce our next big star," and no one really saw that coming. Uh, but I'm the sorry, fact that they kind sorry, of, so, someone predicted it. Listen, mate, we <laughs> we predicted it, but at the same time, no one saw it coming until AEW had announced that they were going to announce a new name. Yeah. Like, if they hadn't, if they had have just said, it's, we're going to, win, oh, we'd like to introduce you to our new signing, and Christian Cage walked out on the pay-per-view, it would have been huge, as opposed to, oh, we've got a new signing, we're announcing him on Sunday. Yeah, so, like, I, I understand, obviously, you want to, you want to announce it in advance to get people to buy the pay-per-view. Obviously, it's a selling point. But first of all, this was this was actually AEW's second best bought pay-per-view of all time. 
and yeah, so you don't need to hype it up in advance. I, it's, it's just so much nicer when, like, it say, when it's a, probably their second best pay per view of all time as well. I mean, you could certainly, well, we'll, we'll get to that at the end, but you could certainly make that argument. Um, Let's go that far. And yeah, um, it's always nice to just have a random surprise, isn't it? Like, oh shit, there's a wrestler that I never thought was going to come, and there's oh, 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 there's Mark Henry. Like, I was I actually went, I actually went the loo and missed it. Like, that's how unprepared I yeah. was for it. <laughs> you know. Yeah. All right. One thing we were all prepared for, though, however, um, in various ways, was the stadium stampede between yeah. Inner Circle and the Pinnacle. This is Stadium Stampede 2. If the Inner Circle lose, they have to disband forever, according to him, Jeff. Um, sat in, you know, like screaming like Skeletor. Um, <laughs> so the, the, the intro will we'll sort of, again, this, this, this whole... It was really late. It was like half four in the morning at this point, and this this sort of felt like a fever dream because I was so tired. Uh, and I'd had a yeah. I'd had a bit of beer, but we'll, we'll we'll sort of go for the cool like the sort of highlights and the cool spots. Um, start off with MGA uh, MJF, sorry, getting driven into the middle of the arena with into the stadium. Sorry, the, the football stadium with in a stretch limo. Um, Seeing how it's the end of the life of the inner circle, and Jericho's music plays, Judas plays, the inner circle are rappelling down the scoreboard, which is fucking incredible. Yeah, love a bit of that. Obviously, they they pre-filmed that because it took a while, and they had to like get them to the to the to the floor quite quickly. Um, yeah, apparently they filmed this on Thursday, didn't they? All oh, right. Thursday, and, well, Thursday and Friday, they they filmed it over two days. Uh, they also got. Um, the fight, one of the fight coordinators from John Wick, in for this match. Oh, nice! Yeah, if so it was gonna, actually if you, done. If you're going to get someone in, like go go for the best, you know. Yeah, so it was, it was actually like you could tell it felt like a bit more like an actual like action movie than it like. Yeah. Than last so, year, last if, year where it was like an actual fever dream. If you want to compare the two of them, so like last year was more like a Jackie Chan fight scene. Yeah, this is more like a John. Yeah, this was more like a John Wick style, sort of like a bit more serious fights. I mean, there was still there was still like a bit of prop comedy, like you get in like John Wick. Yeah, but, I think it, it was, I it think was, it's just best not to compare the two because they were so different. Yeah, this, this was definitely a lot. I mean, there were still little goofy bits and little like surreal bits, mm. but it was this was a bit more like, visceral at moments, though. Oh God, whereas, absolutely. Obviously, Stadium Stampede One, you have Matt Hardy doing broken Matt stuff. Yeah, well, did anyone even bleed in Stampede One? Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't think, think anyone, so. I can't, I can't think. I can't imagine anyone. I can't imagine remember seeing much blood. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, um, the inner circle run up to the to the limo. MGF hides in the limo. They're banging on the limo. Um, Pinnacle come out in FTR's pickup, and they they get into it. They they all like instantly sort of split off. Into their, like into their like assigned groups. So you've got Sammy versus Sean Spears, FTR versus Proud and Powerful, Wardlow versus Hager, and Jericho versus MJF. And that's that. They more or less stick to that those groupings throughout yeah. the entire match. Don't they? There's there's no Big. swapping over like there was in, in last year's. Mm-hmm. Big love to uh, to FTR's get up as well of like proper like 80s southern heels in a, in like a fucking bunkhouse match. Yeah, they've got like the bandanas yeah, and they've got the cuts, like the cut off Bandanas around the necks. Yeah, jeans, cowboy boots, uh, knee pads over the jeans. Fucking love that, love that. In a circle, all dressed like a biker gang with cuts and like with like the, the biker jackets on and stuff and denim. Um, yeah. So we start off 
um, start off start with MJF and Jericho. Have, they go sort of broaden through the offices. You see um, Urban Meyer, who's the Jack, Jacksonville Jaguars head coach in one of the rooms. And they sort of brawl through that room. And they're hitting each other with laptops and stuff, like a proper full-on heavy-ass laptop. Like no MacBook here. Yeah. Uh, then we cut to Wardlow and Hager, and they're like in the catering section, I guess. They go into a, um, they go into like a freezer. <laughs> Wardlow snaps an icicle off the side of the freezer and tries to stab Hager with it, <laughs> which is, which is madness. Um, then Wardlow spears Hager through like a fake wall into like a kitchen, and he just sort of leaves him there. Yeah. Uh, then my favorite bit of the of the whole thing was <laughs> Sean Spears. Sitting in a room where they store like the temporary seating, like all like thousands of chairs on racks, and he's there with a spotlight on him, just like slamming it, like banging a chair on the floor, like it was a musical or something. Like, like, like it was like out of the start of a horror film, or yeah, like he was about to go and break into song. Uh, so Sammy yeah. comes in and they like lightsaber fight with a chair for a bit. This was awesome, which like, is incredible. That- Sammy, Sammy and Spears have such good chemistry. Yeah, together. They, they, they were like they were like the low key stars of this match. Like every time yeah. they they had the most some of the most entertaining stuff in the entire match. Uh, Spears head first at Guevara into a metal door, and then handcuffed him to like a shelf and just disappeared and just wandered off. Uh, but the key, oh, oh, bowl cutters were right there, weren't they? So like Sammy was like reaching for the bowl cutters, and, yeah. and as, as he sort of well, he did off. he he did the little Reservoir Dogs bit, didn't he as well? Where he yeah. like <laughs> yeah he tied Sammy up. Oh, he handcuffed Sammy. Then he to something. And he was like walking towards him with the bowl cutters dancing like Mr. Blonde. And then he got, he just like threw him aside and got the chair and just wailed on Sammy with it. Yeah. Um, oh, it, was, it was so good. Um, yeah. Then it cut to Santana and Ortiz um, looking for Dax and Cash. And they find them in like a nightclub in the arena. That's amazing. And um, they, they, they share a drink at the table. And then it all goes a bit streets of rage for the stop. They start like walking yeah, towards each other was, and just, just battering everybody. And like there were just people dancing and they were just belting them as they were Conan walking past was them. The, Conan was the DJ. Yep, turns out Conan was the DJ for some reason. Um, Tully had matching um, gear to FTR with the cut off shirts and the bandana. Yeah, awesome. Tully goes for a weapon shot, but Conan appears out of nowhere to block it. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, the, the, what was weird though was that like Santana and Cash fought into a lift and then the door closed and we just didn't see them again for the rest of the match. Yeah, they just fought into, into an elevator and they, yeah, there we go. Uh, then Wardlow and Hager fighting onto a golf cart. Then, um, oh yeah, MJF and Jericho back in the offices. Um, <laughs> Jericho staples uh, a thank you note onto MJF's forehead. And it yeah. just sticks there. Um, Jericho. MGF punched MGF just, a, a yeah. call, Shad Khan at one point. Yeah, MGF finds a claw hammer in the office because obviously there's a claw hammer in the office. Yeah. Uh, there's a spot where um, Jericho pile drivers MGF onto like a wooden boardroom table. That looked upsetting. Yeah. Then throws him through a glass window. Uh, MGF comes back covered in blood. Um, Sean Spears yeah. is sort of like looking for trouble backstage, and he wanders into like the. Do you remember? Do you remember a few weeks a few weeks ago before Blood? It was Blood and Guts, wasn't it? When they had the um, the Inner City Motorcycle Gang like accompanying them. Yeah, the Inner yep. Circle Motorcycle. The inner, inner Circle Motorcycle Gang, and they're back apparently. Chris Jericho reason. must have watched them. Um, must have watched Sons of Anarchy in his week off. He's been spending too much time around Eric Bischoff. That's what. Yeah. <laughs> um, James, man. 
So yeah, the, the motorcycle gang chase John Spears back th- down the concourse. Uh, then so we have yeah. our first. So they do this, they do this twice. So there we have our first like what I call a live cut in. So MGF and Jericho just emerge out into the arena into Daly's place. Mm. It's like um, if you ever went to Universal Studios back in the day with a Terminator virtual reality thing where they came out of the screen and appeared in the arena in the, in the auditorium. It's a bit like that. Um, so they have a little brawl in the crowd. MGF power, gets power bombed uh, through like a crate. Yeah, and then Sean Spears has escaped the motorcycle gang. He's wandered back onto the. Uh, he's wandering back towards the the football field, and then it goes full circle. The retribution, I the rebuild, <laughs> the redemption of Sammy Guevara. He chases Sean Spears down with a golf cart. The, the, yeah, hunt, the, the hunted has become the hunter. <laughs> I yeah, popped so uh, hard. I popped so hard for that. Like finally, after after year after a year of being like abused by vehicles, finally Sammy gets his way and he gets to chase someone else down with a golf cart. Yeah, and then he also got to uh, recreate the the debut of the pinnacle bit with the, that Spears that's a Sammy with the chair. Where yeah, like, well, yeah. So, so they they, they they make their way back into the ring in Daly's place. And yeah, yeah they, he he gives um he gives Spears a receipt for that for that sort of curb stomp. Yeah, and this so this is all on this from this point on now. The, this is the end of the match. It's all in front of a live crowd, which is really cool. It's really cool. So in two different ways, they they sort of like broke out and then went back in and then broke out again, which was I thought was really a really cool way to do the match. Um, yeah, yeah. Those um, I mean, there was some good chair work towards the end of this. So Spears like hit Sammy in midair when he was springboarding with a chair. Then he hit him with like a brutal sort of head slash. Shoulder shot. He, he blocked it quite safely, but it looked pretty brutal. Yeah, it looked upset. Um, yeah, and then as as I said, Sammy gets his revenge with the stamp and spears through the chair, and then hits the air. He, he does he hit the GTS? It's, oh, it's, the, it's like a six, GTA, sorry. It was, it was like a um, sixth. He hit it. Um, he hit it before that. Before he did the yeah, chair stomp. He did, didn't he? Yeah. Couldn't remember what order all that happened. Then. Um, <laughs> I mean, it was late at this point. We were all. Uh, yeah, and then he he hit like an absolutely insane looking six thirty. Yeah. Oh my god. And that's it, Sammy Guevara. Again, Sammy gets his, his his retribution. He took the pin last year. He gets the pin this year. Mm. Send the fans home happy in a circle up on the ring. They all they all do the middle finger to the camera because why not? Yep. Um, and, and there we go. Yeah. Um. I I thought this was a really good pay per view. Yeah. Um, I think some of these matches, if that it hadn't played out in front of a full attendance crowd, it may not have been as good. But I feel like that's kind of like one of the things we we've like kind of missed with fans, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's the ability to elevate. Like you talk yeah. about, you talk about like what a fan, what a crowd can do for a match. You talk about seeing a V Punk. You know that that's that that was a good match, but because of the fans, it's one of the greatest matches of all time. Yeah. You talk about Rock Hogan again because the fans are one of the greatest matches of all time. You know, the fans when they're fired up and when they're engaged, they have the ability to elevate a match and a show and, and it proved it here. I mean this this was a good show, but with the addition of a hot crowd, it became an excellent show. Yeah, absolutely. Um what would you give it a, a grade out of ten? I'm going nine. Nine? Ooh. I'm going nine. Like literally one one facet of one match didn't play with me and everything else I loved. So yeah, I'm gonna give it an eight. 
That's fair. I think it's definitely. I thought it was solid. It was. It. I thought wrong guy won for Cody and a go go. Um, that match kind of deflated me a bit. I feel that the only other issue I had was that by the end with like Stadium Stampede, that was a bit. Maybe because it was five in the morning here. It is. It is. It is a bit harder for us as as UK viewers to to sort of objectively review the show with energy because but you say by the time the show was finishing it was like 10 to 5 like 5 to 5 yeah I, I think I think with AEW pay-per-views especially because they because they go like four hours long they like oh, because they only have four pay-per-views they get away with doing like a longer pay-per-view in my opinion because... yeah and, and I can sort of I can mentally prepare myself for them a bit knowing that it's only four times a year I have to do this yeah, there's less there's less fatigue for that than like when WWE would bust out fucking five hour pay per views for like C shows like before the pandemic. It was like, why are you doing this to me? Why? Yeah, why? But I mean, I think um, as a, as a show, it flew by four four hours. It didn't. Oh, it, yeah. it didn't. It didn't. It didn't feel like four hours until like until the fatigue hit me, which was it was it was like actual tiredness fatigue, not like pay per view fatigue. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think all the undercard matches as well really like over delivered for me. Maybe, maybe with the exception of um of Miro and Archer, which felt a little bit too short. I'd say, I mean, I'd say with, aside from a Go Go Cody, I'd say every match was three and a half or more stars wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that. I'd say that. And um, you, had, you had two two excellent, or th- actually three excellent. Well, including the pre-show four. I'll, you know, just keep going up. I'd say like um, Deeb. Riho, the tag match, the main event. All the title matches felt like and title matches. Yeah, all, all the title matches were phenomenal. Like all four title matches were phenomenal. Like really, really, really good. Hangman v Page was fantastic. Hangman v Cage, sorry. Sting, you know, it was just, it's just, it's just, I mean, it's easy to, I mean, obviously it's easy to go, oh, but Cody, blah, blah, blah. But I don't think that could ruin what was an excellent, excellent pay per view. There was so, there was so much good stuff in this. Yeah. Game. Like every and and credit yeah, to, I, credit credit to AEW because everyone worked their asses off for this. Like from there were no, I mean even little things like there were no production botches. You know everything was smooth with the camera angles and the cameras and shooting all the matches. Um, it was, it the was first... definitely one, definitely the smoothest run show they've run since um, probably the first full gear. Which considering they had changed the stadium around a bit. Like the arena around because yeah. they had they only had one entrance ramp and they had fans over like the middle of the stage with like the, where mm. the middle of the stage room is and like so like, all the camera angles must have changed and it must have been a real challenge to frame everything properly. That, that's why they did uh, dynamite in that format as well. But credit to every, credit to everyone at that company, man, because they really pulled it off. Uh, everyone worked super hard from like from like the main event guys, Sting, the inner circle, all the way down to like you know the guys in the battle royal. Everyone brought their game. Yeah. yeah. As I said, for me, it was probably the second best pay per view AEW's ever done. Behind first of all, nothing. Um, no, behind uh, full the first full gear. Oh, right, okay, yeah. I love that show. Um, but first, first of all, nothing is definitely up there as well as is uh, as is the first all out and the first revolution. I mean, after after the last, I mean, I, I wouldn't say we've had any. Truly bad AEW pay per view so far. There's been a few in different ones. I think um, Revolution was a bit up and down. Obviously, um, I thought Revolution was really good until the ending. Obviously, all out. As in, yeah, all out had that weird energy after Hardy got injured. Yeah, it almost felt like 
if 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 AEW started to flag a bit because of like the lock, the loss of momentum because of the pandemic and like the lack of crowds, this was the shot in the arm that really brought them back full full speed. You know, they came out swinging for this one. They really did. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, really, really, really solid show. Um, it got me really excited for All Out, um, which we've already got one match announced for. Yeah, which is the women's casino battle royal. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, what were your highs and lows? Oh, I think, well, I think we've. I think if anyone's listened this far on the podcast, I think it's, it's probably quite easy to work it out. <laughs> my my high, yeah. my, I'll go. I'll do low first. My low easily was was Cody versus Gogo. It's the only match that I disagree with the result of. Yeah. Um, I thought the match itself was fine. I thought Gogo was really impressive. Again, I include him in that list of people who really stepped up and, and brought it. Um, it's just a shame that he didn't get his reward. Almost, you know, I felt like he deserved a win. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you. I, I felt like Cody didn't need the win in this situation. It was, it was a perfect kind of. I, I thought it would have been a perfect setup to have a go go win here, write Cody off for a couple of months, and Cody can get his win back when he comes back. Like a Gogo and Marshall are fighting Cody and Johnson on Dynamite this week, and a Gogo will probably KO Johnson, and Cody will escape without taking a fall, and a Gogo will get yeah. get his win back there. But you know, it doesn't mean as much, does it, as a pay per view match? No, unless unless a Gogo like takes out uh, Johnson and then just murders Cody and writes Cody off TV. But like, that, that's the thing; like they could have quite easily had a Gogo absolutely beat the shit out of Cody in that match. Yeah, right. TV, and then when Cody's back from having some time off uh, to welcoming his daughter, then then do do what you will. And highs, like so highs, was a bit harder because there's so much good on the show. Um, but I have to I give think it my high is going to be different to yours. Okay, well, I, I, I'm going to give mine to the main event, well, the, the triple threat match because yeah. for me that is wrestling good. It's like breathtaking best when you literally you can't you can't stop to catch your breath you can't fo- you almost can't focus and, and take in what's happening it's it's so it's so frantic in a good way like it's it's exciting it's unpredictable it's you know yeah. there's, there's just all sorts going on and they, they these were three of the three of the best in the game doing doing it at 100 percent they really and it was it was, bre- it was breathtaking to watch it was unbelievable yeah i agree it was an absolutely outstanding match um However, just because it hit me right in the nostalgia. I mean, yeah. If you'd have told me in 2016... I wasn't ready for how good Sting was going to be in this match. If like, you'd have, well, yeah, if you'd have told me in 2016, after he retired, that Sting was going to come back to a different company in 2021 and put on a phenomenal match with, you know, a guy who... I don't even know what Darby Allen was doing in 2016. No, I don't, I don't think he was doing much. <laughs> so, you know... It's with Harold from uh, the anger management things. Though. Call it, call it rolling back the years. Calling it defying the odds. Calling it, you know, I don't know what he's been doing. Drinking the blood of the innocents. I don't know what <laughs> things done to get himself into this shape, but um, I, I think I think it's just like kind of as I say, they like we can't we can't gloss over the fact that everyone in the match like did everything they could to protect them. Yeah, and like even from like the production of the match, like they did everything they could to kind of like not overexpose them and all that. But at the same time, 
Sting Sting held up his end of that. Yeah, I mean, how many times have you seen a guy make a comeback years after they last wrestled and it's a shit show? Yeah, and you know, obviously, yeah. Sting Sting has Sting has the professionalism and the the will and the fire to make sure that doesn't happen, and that's that's commemorative. That's you've got to commend him for that because it's phenomenal. Yeah, it, it's it's him wanting to go out on his terms, isn't it? Like he. He almost got to do that in WWE and then he unfortunately got injured against Seth Rollins. And yeah. who knows whether he would have had another match after that or whether that was like he was just, he was gonna just go in, pass the torch to Rollins and then it'd be interesting to see when, when when Sting's all said and done and when he does like, you know, do his interviews or write his books or whatever, how he sees that WWE run and how he how he looks back on it. He's kinda spoke about it. I mean the fact the fact that Scott what Scott Hall said kind of like sums it up more in that why would you why would you ever go in a debut and allow them to bury you like that? Yeah. Um but we're not talking about WWE, we're talking about AW. No. Um big, big, big congratulations to Sting and to everyone in AW and as we've kind of said now for the last like five minutes, was a very, 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 very strong pay-per-view. Um, I mean, and this was, it was an important show, not just for AW, but for all of wrestling. You know, it was the first show with a full crowd. They had yeah. to, they, they had to justify its existence almost, you know, oh, you, you're doing a full crowd. They set the bar now and all eyes were on them to see what it added and how they, how they managed to work it into the show. And they, it was, like I say, everyone from the, from the main eventers to the guys in the back row to every single person in that crowd did themselves proud. It was phenomenal. Yeah, front to back, pretty much. It was it was as close to a perfect show as you're going to get, I think. In in the yeah. real world, agreed. Agreed. Um, but yeah, that was AW Double or Nothing 2021. Yeah, uh, thank hope- you very much for listening. Yeah, we hope you all enjoyed it. Please do comment on any of our social medias if you let us know what you thought of the show. And yeah, thanks for having yeah. us. Thanks for listening. Uh, one of it long, but you know, they always do. Don't worry about it. We'll see you for w- whenever Dynamite is. I think it's Friday, right? Friday, yeah. Um, so we'll knock it out so, the weekend sometime, I'd imagine. I'm guessing you and Aaron are going to do that on Saturday or Sunday. And yeah, probably Sunday. Sure probably probably, probably me and Aaron on Sunday. Yeah, so we'll, uh, we'll crack on with that. Um, yeah, hope you enjoyed the show. If you haven't watched it, and this is, you just listen to this to get an idea of what's going on. We didn't do it justice. Please go and watch it. It was phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, go buy the show. It was very good. <clears throat> Give Tony Khan your money. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he needs it. He just spent it all on fucking music, hasn't he? So, yeah, and shit full on players. Wait, <laughs> um, they got to come back up, haven't they? So let, let him. Uh, he's got. He's got to pay midvix somehow. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show. As always, stay safe, enjoy wrestling, and we will see you all very soon. Bye. 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 Oh, <laughs>